Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 112, which is the one, the 1958 film Anti-Mame, directed by Morton De Costa, and of course starring the fabulous Rosalind Russell. Uh, we've talked about the fact that we've done three films uh, of this uh, that we were doing in a row, and the first one was Eric's Pick, which was The King of Comedy. Uh, the second one was Tootsie, which was Daniel's Pick, and this is the third film, which is my pick, which is Anti-Mame. Ironically, Daniel and Eric have neither of them have seen it. I'm the only one that's seen this film. I love this film, uh, but it was really cool to share that. And we talk a lot about the history of filmmaking and how it fits into this whole thing. As you can tell from uh, behind me, I am actually right here at the HPA uh, uh, Tech Retreat in Palm Springs. I decided to record this in front of the golf course. I don't know if this is going to work, but we'll see. Um, it's a really great event. Uh, lots of really high-tech stuff going on here. I enjoy it. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, speaking of high tech, I would like to apologize for the audio quality on this particular episode. A couple of mistakes were made. Didn't realize that the microphone that was recording my audio was actually my laptop microphone, not my proper microphone. So I don't sound really great. Eric, of course, sounds very echoey. We've all, we're actually making huge efforts to fix a lot of the sound issues we've had on uh, Martini Giant mainly because I experimented with a bunch of things. I know that CG Garage sounds perfect every time, but this one doesn't always sound so great. So anyway, we're fixing it, uh, but uh, the content is still really great, and I just didn't want to re-record a three-hour episode with those guys because what's the point of that? All right, uh, you'll still enjoy it, uh, but let just let you know we're going to do some really great uh, audio as we come along. And speaking of new episodes, uh, we, uh, we are going to be recording a new episode on February 25th, uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and that one is going to be Avatar The Way of Water, obviously something very current, and we're going to pair that with a 1973 animation that many people have no idea ever existed called Fantastic Planet. It is is French animation featuring very large blue alien people. <gasps> oh, shocking. Anyway, I'm sure there's some inspiration between uh, those two films, but we'd love to have that pairing. Very excited to ha- talk about that, and uh, that, again, is February 25th, at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you'd like to see that, just go to twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Again, that is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitch if you'd like to see future recordings of our podcast. You can always just get them passively through the normal way that you get your podcast, but it's always great to be live because then you can live chat with us as we're actually doing the recordings, and those are always fun. Uh, also a reminder that if you'd like to support us on Patreon, we would love to have your support. It is patreon.com slash martini giant. There's no underscore in there, just martini giant, all one word. Again, that is patreon.com slash martini giant. We'd love to have your support on Patreon. But for now, please enjoy Anti Man. But let's get back to an era in America, which was here. I'd like, first of all, one thing, there was a couple things I wanted, I was excited about this show. So first of all, we should just explain that there's several, we, we decided to jump ahead because we were a little bit behind on our, on our bank of uh, podcasts, which basically means how many we have stored that are not published yet. And when that gets low, it gets a little sketchy in terms of making sure we can make our day. Right. So we were a little low, so we decided to do three in, in, in a week. Uh, so the one we did last Saturday, uh, was, uh, uh, The King of New York. Again, film very relevant to the conversation we were just having. 
the next one uh, we did after that was Tootsie, which was also good. Also amazing, yeah. amazing mm-hmm. film uh, that we did on Monday. And today we are doing Anti Man. Now the reason I I picked Anti Man, Eric picked King of New York, uh, Daniel picked Tootsie, and I picked Anti Man. Eric's not really a comedy, uh, uh, but Daniel's is definitely a comedy, and mine's definitely a comedy. And the reason I picked Anti Man is for several reasons. Look, Eric kept talking about. Uh, uh, creating places, uh, yeah, and, and laughing about the scene with the snobby club scene, and I was like, "Oh, that's straight up ripped off from Anti Mame." Yeah, oh, muffy, that kind oh, of stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, I was like, "Isn't that just delicious?" <laughs> right. Uh, and so uh, I said, "It's like, oh, I love Anti Mame," and so I had this fond memory of this movie. From 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 a lot of them, and I've seen it many times, hmm. uh, and so it was interesting to to think about that. Uh, but I I kind of loved it, um, and uh, it was interesting to see it. And, and so it's been a, probably twenty years since I've seen it, mm-hmm. uh, but I and I do remember watching it a lot. My mom loved it. I think secretly my mom always wanted to be anti-man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, My mom was slightly anti-man. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think she wanted to be you know eccentric woman who pretty much had anything she wanted because she landed into money somehow. Right. Uh, right. But uh, but uh, it was it was interesting. So a couple things to me resonate about this film. There's definitely some things that felt very awkward in this film, specifically the uh, the Asian uh, butler. Oh yeah, yeah. Little 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 dodgy there. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little wobbly for the time. Actually, I think it's actually, uh, you know, it's 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 relatively progressive compared to progressive. similar gags in the yes. same time period. Yeah, uh, they definitely. But at the same time, I thought like the 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 speed and the acting is definitely a di- very different style that we've been doing for a while. We haven't done oh, yeah. this kind of film yeah. for a while. But the acting was superb. She was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was absolutely fabulous. And, this is uh, Rosalind Russell. It's Rosalind Russell, and the yep. woman who played Agnes Gooch was hilarious. Yes, yeah. Um, but uh, the other characters were not necessarily as strong. <laughs> well, I think it's a um, if I can break into like first of all, I guess Eric, how you? What's your overall in this movie? I, you know, in terms of just a, I, I felt it was a play. Um, like it felt, really feels like I was I was surprised like to a, find that it was not it a play was first. first. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the, the way the lighting was just at the end. Like they always had those scenes and cues where it was, uh, you know, the isolated lights. Yeah, right. Right. That was very, very staged. Well, they yep. made it into a play very shortly after the movie came out with all the original cast from the movie. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, like it's and it's it an went easy six hundred and fifty performances, <laughs> right? I mean, the thing is, like, as Eric's describing, like, um, what what Eric and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but like, there's a there's a technique of dissolving out of a scene that uh, that a lot of movies from the '40s through the '50s used, which I love actually, is instead of just uh, closing the aperture, um, 
turn them uh, down the lights. You actually turn down the lights. And so like, yeah. and you can sort of segment this. So you like, you dim out the darkest, the furthest background, then the mid back, mid ground, yeah. and then the close, then like, and in this one, they, they do, they really may point it out. Like they're really trying to like distinctly separate the characters and then have a final fade on them. Um, you do see a lot in, um, you know, in, in 40s movies, they do this a little bit more smoothly in, and in fact, in, uh, Fincher's Mank, he does this a couple of times and it looks amazing. Like it's not, it's just that it's all on an electronic slide. So everything closes out to the last brightest point. It really looks nice. Um, and they did pretty well in this. This is like, they really, really hit hard though. The stagey element of it. Like they want, they want to create a stage and there's also a central set of Auntie Mame's house. And because of her, um, her sort of, uh, flighty, uh, interests, the house is constantly redressed. So they have the same set and it's redressed for oh. every, every act. And that's an extreme play thing to do. So like and it had but, hydraulics and, it had, and it had hydraulics in the floor. Uh, but yeah, so like they, they're using all this, this Broadway technique, um, yeah. right up front. And like, oh. and so when Chris just told us like, Oh, this is a book first, which is kind of surprising in itself. It was then it, this film and then it was Broadway is like, what? That's like literally the opposite of the way that I would have thought this had fallen out. The other thing too, it's like I felt there was a lot of um the way the beats were with the dialogue and the way the scenes were constructed, excuse me, were constructed, I felt like it was almost like they chose to do this film and they made this film. Obviously Wes Anderson likes this film. Oh, and, sure. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. Down yeah. to the Big time. And, Big time. But Big the, time. The thing that got me, I felt like they, at the time, possibly like, we need to compete with television, but on a grander scale. Yeah. So let's make the sets really big, give a kind of theatricality to it, mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the GE hour where yeah. there's plays, but we'll have color, but we'll have the same kind of cuts and intermissions and, and a theatrical presence to it yeah. that can compete with television. Cause you know, at that time they were competing with television. Oh, without so, a doubt. And yeah, television so, was doing a lot of plays. Television that's was like, right. Yeah. So there, but it had more. It had the color and the, and, right. the, and I think it was called, it was filmed in enorm, enormo techni scope. Technic fiasco. Whatever it was. But I feel like it was really, made to compete with television. Oh yeah, and without a doubt. So that is telling. Now, does it hold up like the GE hour? It kind of felt like it doesn't hold up like the G well, it does. It's the still same thing. There's a lot of uh but the fact that you can still sit through it after all these years says a lot about it. Mm -hmm. But they just the art direction's great. Um I love the it's not in Savannah, but it's actually in Glendale look. <laughs> oh, on the horse riding scene. And the sets, I loved sets. I yeah. also felt like there was kind of a uh it it was it was fun and I'm sure it did really, really well. But yeah. it, there was something about it that it was a cross between. It wasn't like uh, it wasn't like the searchers which came out that year. Right. Right. Right? Think right. about those yeah. films. Very different. Well, because that, yeah. that, that's the this thing. This is definitely it's, on an older fashion tech, like. Yeah, it's I a strange know. combination. This movie, like yeah, it's the theater, a little bit of tele, 
But yes. the, they have some pretty progressive subject matters. In oh, the, the topics are through. Oh, like, so there's some shit in there that you can't say today. Yeah. Like I was really caught. I was, I was kind of like, whoa, shit. This is like, because I was in 58, 58 was yeah. not the time you could say stuff like that. Well, yeah. Like, Cause like, uh, in 1932, you got away like, with there's, that. There's a right? level of, I mean, I hate to, I, like, I, I think that because everyone is so self-conscious all the time from interacting with, uh, social media, um, like there is a very, very isolating prudery that is going on, especially in film Twitter. And, yes. uh, and prudery like, is a good way to put it. Yeah. And it's like, like, it's just like there's arguments galore about just like, you shouldn't have sex scenes. Sex scenes are, you know, like that's, it's just beneath us kind of attitude. I'm just like, right. the fuck are you? <laughs> Like, What's wrong what with is sex? that? Well, like, why, why are we suddenly making sex bad? That's weird. You know, yeah. and, uh, and they, and they say that very almost explicitly. It's like the, and the movie is actually like, I was like, this is a movie in the fifties that was probably seen as pretty daring for like these, like a couple of body sex jokes, like a couple of ones that were like, what are they really do, doing this gag? You know, this kind of thing. Fish thing was a little crazy. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple of big ones in there that I'm just like, you could the not. Fish thing was crazy. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a couple of really, really almost Benny Hill dirty jokes. But it in was this like, movie. whoa. Yeah. When you sort of like, they, they all but finished a sentence of what they were actually doing and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. No, no shit. Right. And like, and this is like, and this is in a, in a, in a sort of a snappy, smart, intellectual, comedy right yes uh and in no way would you do any of this today uh at all because it would be it would be it would be highly embarrassing for people to see it yeah and, i would actually um, say for those who are listening to this uh uh go ahead in the background and play your uh play the play the trailer to this you mm -hmm. know with the sound off just to get the feeling of what that's the flavor like yeah because it's very it's very you know, I, I hate to say it, but it's a, a very sort of Doris Day musical kind of look to it yep. in some ways. Right. But with a richer, richer stuff, there's no, there's uh, no, there's no musical, by the way. Uh, it's all. It's right. All. Right. I, I, before I saw this up till last week, I thought this was a musical. So right. it, it feels very much like a 50s musical. And, um, uh, but yeah, so like I, I would say that this movie, uh, I, I, I agree with everybody. I was like, I think overall I was like, I'm, I really enjoyed this. And I actually found it pretty, like in spots, I found it weirdly moving. Oh, like I was like, there's some really, really touching <laughs> gags in this that I like quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, her and, love for that boy is, oh, it's terrific. Comes through so well. Yeah. Especially and, and not in a, cause it so easily could have gotten a little weird and creepy considering. Yeah. No, she, she totally handles it. It's perfect. Yeah. And the thing is like the, like I, I would say the, the first half of the movie is better than the second half of the movie. And when they, once they change out the boy actor, like they lose that connection. And like the, once he grows up, it sort of lost the connection for me. And like the actor, they fill him in with, it's like, you know, in a, have you seen the birdcage? The, uh, or La Cache yes. Okay. Which one? Uh, the bird, birdcage in particular is the American, the, the American like one with, ones. yeah, which I really enjoy. It's a very, yeah. very good movie. It's a good movie. It's a different movie. It's a different movie than La Cache But it's just as good. But it's very, 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 very funny. It's very good. And uh, I but really the, love the cast in, in the American one is like, it's some of the best American comedy. Except like, for it's the just two incredible. young kids. Except for the fucking bitch kids, man. They yes. suck. Exactly. And like, this is, this movie suffers the same problem for me where I'm, have the same where I'm just like, I right. fucking hate the son now. Like, I hate him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a racist jackass like well, he's a, that's I'm you're supposed like, to hate him you're yeah but that's to... that's the mistake it's like i don't feel i don't feel 
sympathy for him or empathy for him. Like he's sort of like in a, in a sort of a tough position. He's in love with a girl, but he's trying to, you know, make everybody happy. Like, I'm just like, he's just a dick. And he's treating she's, Auntie Mame like a fucking asshole. Said, she says that to him. Yeah, I know. It's, so, it's just like it, it's it's, it makes it very uh, hard to come. Like, it's okay if you can come back from it. Yes, but and you don't the, feel that he came back. He doesn't come back. The actor, yeah, yeah. like, no no offense to the actor. He doesn't pull it off. No, like, the, 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 the boy in the first half, you're like, you feel like they are 100% connected. And then in the end, you're like, well, at least he's less of a douchebag. <laughs> you know, like it yeah. doesn't really come all the way home but yeah so like over overall like i think that the i think it's a really interesting movie i think it's a really interesting movie for both of the period it comes from which like i'm i I'm, i wasn't alive at the point so i can't say whether it was shocking or not. I, I can imagine it being eric relatively shocking eric was a teenager yeah there you go so right and uh and like it's a uh it's a pretty it's a pretty um not raunchy but it's a pretty challenging movie for its time period and and it's interesting that like I I really feel I was very connected like I didn't like the back half quite as much even though I loved Rosalind Russell the whole time like I loved her more and more as the movie went on I thought she was terrific and her expressions yeah she's just she's um she's the real master of her face as yeah. as the as she reads the she reads the room and has this expression to yeah. deal with the specific be it yeah. funny be it emotional be it yeah, she's Anything. she is the reason to see this film. She is like yes. she is a she is a you absolute showstopper. You didn't like the boy as he got older. I didn't like the boy. I didn't like the replacement. I don't actor. think I liked him either. Yeah, I, but well, I did appreciate the I did appreciate the story that was going on with the boy, even though the boy sucked at it, right? Yeah, but they had to have they had to have that confrontation. Oh yeah, they absolutely. Had to have that confrontation the, the story with, is good. The story the, works. The class confrontation is yeah. what we're talking about, really. right? And so, like the like, what is I think the Jim Backus guy? That wasn't Jim Backus. No, but it's but the, it like, was it was a Jim Backus light. Yeah, like the, like who, this who the father the the dad the girlfriend's dad the yeah. girlfriend's dad oh, yeah no 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 the the southern oh, no the man. southern guy yeah I'm oh, sorry yes Bo- yeah. Beauregard but yeah <laughs> yeah who that was I, Jim actually, Backus light I was yeah. like come on give me Jim yeah you really want Backus for that but he's still pretty good he's not bad. Like I think that the oh, regard. like all, they have uh, that's usually they stereotype the South pretty hardcore. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, let me so like the it's Georgia more specifically. <laughs> yeah, like the like I would say that the movie is before we get into the specifics of the story of the movie, like it is a it's a little wobbly, it, like it doesn't always pull off what it's doing, um, but for its time was very forward, which I really appreciate. And the thing that really stuck with me is like, holy shit, do I agree with anti-mame right now like in my own view of where we're at you know oh, like the world i yeah. love the world because like and like before i say life's this, a banquet <laughs> like this i'm just like uh this is going to sound like i'm complaining about say millennials or young people i'm not i'm complaining about everyone like old people people older than me like everyone is uh has become so reserved and conservative and self-defensive um and uh and wa- watch her argument for just like you know grab life by the balls and fucking run with it like i the more the... She, she says, well first of all she says the, the line they use is life's a banquet and most people most suckers are starving to death Mo- yeah most suckers are starving to death and like, which is I, basic that's the carpe diem of yeah. the time it was a huge line at the time people were yeah were the, and originally in the book is like said most sons of bitches yeah, and so they were. She was much, apparently, much more colorful 
Yeah, like, and they I said that in a play too. So I'm I'm much in agreement with this, and the more like we uh, enter the like again again like I don't think they pull off the second half as well as the first half. That's mainly a casting issue with the boy. Like the the girl's parents are a little like there's an attraction to like like over the top annoying comedy in the period. Well, they went too far, you think? And they just went a little too far for me. Yeah. The uh like it's like lots I, of I think <laughs> kind of stand you're like, oh, Jesus totally Christ, that's a lot. Yeah. You know. Um she's Russell, Russell still holds the scenes together and it still works. Uh and the and the ending like when it gets sort of like mechanical gags, I was like, But this is now silly. This is like this is this is more like well, you know, it was a little bit like the, the party rather than it like, is yeah, Blake Edwards. I was yeah, it's a more Blake Edwards thing. And that okay, so all that said, like I think that the what was really interesting is and we'll talk about the details of it, is like it uh she is um you know, she uh, like she's she's rich, loses all her money becomes rich again through marriage. Uh, and then it's sort of like living a lower, so like a slightly lower version of being rich um, at the end of the movie. Um, but she's always very progressive and open in her attitude towards life. Uh, meanwhile, the bad guys in the movie in the last half are these nouveau riche um, uh, sort of Connecticut types. And, yeah. and they weren't necessarily nouveau riche. Well, like they, 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 they make up a lot of conservatives. Yeah, like well, they're nouveau that like they're like yeah, they spend a lot of time showing that they're you know, like, yeah, like they're showing that like they're <laughs> thinking things that are like they're really playing on how much sort of money they have and talking about it all the time to people when really it doesn't seem like they have quite as much money as they're trying to project. You know, like they're they're showing off more than they have all yeah, the but time. But here's the deal: in that era, mm-hmm. after the war, that was wealth. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. And so like the, you have all these people that like uh, the, the girl that the, that her, that, um, Auntie Mame's nephew is attracted to or is going to marry or whatever. Like she's the one who's always talking like that. And she's a fucking radical, casual racist. She's a terrible person. Super, super conservative. And she just blithely says all sorts of stupid bullshit. And she's so entitled. It's radical. Right. Yeah, her um, character is so over the top. But at that point in the movie, Everything had already gone quite over the top. So yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Like she's actually, I think she's pretty good. I like, I like her. She's pretty good. And her <laughs> scenes with Russell are pretty great. But like, I was like, this is the kind of fucking attitude that I run into constantly in film Twitter. Like yeah. that, that woman in that role captured this sort of like, uh, ignorant Sorry. know-it-all where I'm just like, what an, what an incredibly abrasive, uh, uh, kind of personality this is, and well, uh, I mean, I would I would agree with you in the sense that what she thinks is really special is really not special. Oh, it's not special at all. Okay. And like, and she's like, she looks down her nose at everything that's like, you know, re- remotely interesting, right? And then is like, well, no, she sees it as as threatening. Is threatening, right? Yes. And uh, and she's like, and and this like, I was just like, uh, like I think the actor is doing a very good job, and I was just like, this is the sort of this is a very, very common tone struck on film Twitter. Like huh. this sort of like this sort of like, I don't have to even consider your argument because you're out of the mainstream and you're beneath me is like, it's in, it's all the time. And it's, it's, and it's so difficult to, for me to keep patience with. So like, I think that the, the ending of the movie, like it's a little wobbly in terms of its execution, but like it, it it awoke in me some anger that 
it was probably a bit reactionary. <laughs> so it's like, I'm really pissed off at the end of the movie with the, uh, with, uh, which I should be because the character is a unlikable slime ball. Um, but like it, it made the, it sort of overbalanced the, the, the whole movie, uh, the movie as a whole, because the first half is very loving and caring and very, and very rich feeling. And the second half is like, I hope a fucking bomb hits these people <laughs> and only Auntie Mame survives. <laughs> but, it, no, but, but it was, but it was an excellent movie. And I really enjoyed it. I want to say that Mike is here and, uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's super late for you over in the UK. So yeah, right on. You, thanks Mike. Uh, being part of this. Of this. So let's go through, um, a little bit, of, uh, uh, what this, what this is all about? This is like, like I said, this is an old movie from 1958, uh, based on a book by, uh, a guy named Patrick Dennis, the main character, the boy, he plays a boy who's also named Patrick Dennis, and, uh, it's based on an aunt that is a real life person aunt. I don't think her name was Mame, they're not Mame Dennis, uh, but, uh, anyway, the story. Semi autobiographical work. Semi autobiographical yep. work. It is, it is done very much, as we said, like a, looks like a, like a Broadway play. In fact, immediately turned into a Broadway play very well as a They just had to move the cameras off the stage and let the audience in. It was the same. Yeah. And the same actors did the play as well. So they did very, they were very successful at it. Um, and, uh, very, very funny. Uh, in many ways, very funny and also very sad. And it's got a lot of, back and forth emotions, but it is very old school Hollywood. Don't yeah. expect this to be like the Godfather. Right? Well, this in particular, it's very fifties Hollywood. Very fifties. Yeah. yeah. Super fifties. Uh, uh, incredibly progressive for the fifties. Shockingly progressive for the fifties. Yes. 1958. <laughs> but uh, think of it, what Easy Rider was 63. So this is only five years. Easy later. Rider yeah. was 69. No. No, 68, maybe, maybe a 10 year. Well, it's, 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 it's a pretty short and like that. It's, 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 Easy Rider is 1969-70. Well, it's it's a, it's still like even if it's just a decade, like it's actually a, it's still shocking to me. And it's actually one of these things. I don't, have you guys ever seen? Um, it's one of my favorite movies ever. It's called um, Easy Rider uh, 69. You're right. So 11 years later. But I want to just put it this way. Mm-hmm. Just 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 for sake of argument, think about well, we're 2023. So think about uh, 2012. Uh-huh. What kind now. of movies are making to 2012? There's no difference between the movies we're making yeah, to 2012 same, same and the movies we're making now. Shitty superhero movies. So the yeah, fact that they went that? from that's eight... a very astute. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like yeah. that's well, because we're caught in a loop right now. <laughs> we keep making the same shit for the last 25 years. Like there's a there's a and there's a slight change from yeah. the 20 from the early 2000s to now. Now I think from 2008 yeah. on is the same. It's it it is very it's a very I'm very you, slow I'm going to tell you change. where it stopped. 20, yeah. 2001, after nine eleven. Yeah, it's we lock our business down pretty yeah. hardcore after that. It's very true. Yeah. Um, but like the yeah, it's like there's a um there's an incredible movie if you guys haven't seen it. One of my very favorite favorite films called uh, uh, Hiroshima Monomore. Yeah, and it's unbelievable. It's one of the most beautiful best movies ever made. It's unbelievable. The amazing part about this movie is that it is about a middle-aged uh french woman who falls in love with a japanese man uh uh in hiroshima in the 60s right and the early 60s and uh in her youth uh she fell in love with a german in occupied france during the war and so it is cutting back and forth to uh 60s um japan which is shot 
absolutely in modern fashion, handheld camera, literally photorealistic. Everything looks modern. Like it looks, you know, like it's slightly dated as compared to today, but not so it's not shockingly dated, right? It's not like you're talking like, you know, uh, it's not a big jump. And then her youth is 1940s France. And that is a big fucking jump. Like I was just like, how can these two time periods exist in one person's life? And she's not even old yet. Like it's really, really wild. Yeah, because the world changed, we actually progressed a great deal between 1940 and and 2000. Such massive changes oh, happened to humanity, yeah. growth, uh, pro- progress, and so many amazing things. And since 2001 to today, we haven't done shit. Well, this is this is what I mean. As to a say, human right? race, like... in terms of progress, look, the internet came around, communication right. came around. There's a lot of technology that sort of did, but, but in sure. terms of progression of uh, of concept and art, art. Has not it's, progressed. It's been very at stagnant. All. Like film, film has been very, very, very stagnant. Same with same with architecture. Same right. with a bunch of stuff. We have same done same shit. with writing. Same I, with, I read yeah. a lot, and like uh, like novels have like there's 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 there have been very good novels that have come out. I'm not saying a blanket statement. There's loads of great novels that have come out, but like the overall is extremely repetitive and very narrow, uh, and uh, and and very un uninterested in trying to break new ground. Um, and this has been, so if you look at like the difference between 1940s France and 1960s Japan in the same movie with the same character, mm-hmm. that is, that is 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And now you look at 2003 to now, and you would mistake it for the same time period if you yeah. weren't really paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's just an absolutely uh, there's been loads of great stuff made. People can argue that individual things all the time. So you totally think agree. it all goes back to 9/11? I definitely think it's 9/11. Well, look at sure. let's put it this way, okay? Uh, we're 2023, right? And we have to think of a movie that was done like so I'm trying to compare like Easy Rider and Anti Mate, right? Yeah. So 12, 2012, Looper came out. Mm-hmm. That kind of movie could have come out today, and you would never know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, yeah. I would say that Looper, Looper by by contrast, is a much more, more it's a more interesting, movie. daring movie than, than what we like do you look at the same filmmakers stuff. Like I just watched Glass Onion, and it's good. Yeah. It's a perfectly good movie. It's like it's yeah. completely easy to swallow, very forgettable movie. Sure. Um, there's nothing daring about it at all, and yet people. Yes, are rea- you're right. It is. But, there is. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's not. This is not to say it's not fun. It's super fun. But I'm just like this. This has no you fucking. Know why? Because life's a banquet and most people are starving to death. <laughs> and they're true. not realizing the amazing things that are available to them. Right? Well, I think that we have lost our our uh, our taste for uh, new things. I think or, that's or the, we're, the... No, we are lost. Like, we want to offend and censor very quickly. Well, yeah. That is what, actually... like, even in the kindest way I can say it, just like, I think that, like, it, we have been trying to, since 2001, we've been trying very hard to remain safe. Right. And safety ends with bed sores that kill you. Like, it's just <laughs> wow. a fucking terrible way to live life. That's a way to put it. And uh, like, by trying to cordon things off and make things very protected and make sure nobody is, you know, like all this stuff. Like, you end up with, you know, uh, lots of repressed rage and no change. You know, and uh, and that's when things really snap. Like it's uh like I can't I can't but feel it like we're really I mean it's and like here I'm gonna dip my toes in the AI thing right uh very briefly very briefly it's, very very we briefly need to get to the story very very briefly it's a long story <laughs> the 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 
extreme anger uh, that meets any um, broader discussion of AI uh, is partially to me a buildup of a lot of long-term rage over other things for many, for a couple of decades. Oh, sure. And uh, like, there's just no way that. Well, listen, I, I, here's, can I, can I tell you what I think partially it is? I'll do, I'll try to be brief and we'll try. Yeah, we're keeping it small. Keep it small. Uh, There are a lot of people out there who have spent a ton of money Mm -hmm. to go to trade schools Mm-hmm. to be that were promised jobs as artists yeah, and they bad. got those jobs to some extent yeah. that were never trained to actually figure out how to educate themselves on progress. They were well, only trained how to think for themselves. Right. Yeah. And so what happened to those people, unfortunately they spent several hundred thousand dollars on their bullshit education that they could have done on their own or could have progressed on their own. Right. And then now suddenly that entire investment into themselves is, uh, is, is, is gone. Yeah. And so they're blaming the technology for what is affecting yeah. their themselves. Well, the thing is like, that's the, that's and, the and, nature and that's, of change, listen, right? There, there is definitely valid arguments for, oh, 100%. definitely things that need to be discussed. Yeah, 100%. But and there's, when, there's when people when they're really... threatened that way, it's yeah. black and white. That's yeah, because I mean, like, I, I know, I know I'm very close friends with people who have, like, their whole career is oil painting. Apologize. Give me one second. Yeah, that's guys. totally just... fine. Uh, their whole career is oil painting, and they've dedicated their life to this particular craft, and now they feel like they've been ripped off, and then their business is endangered. And, like, I'm, I'm absolutely sympathetic to all of that. I think that's all totally legit to talk about, uh, and how AI companies do business, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the the rage <laughs> is a different issue. Like when you have a lot of pent up emotion over anything, uh, uh, it will look for whatever um, just to break out. And I think that what, what's weird with anti-mame is that anti-mame is very much making an argument. Like the fifties are a very locked down period. Like after world war two, which they kind of, Address in a second. This this is what the movie's about, this right? Movie is about, is this about uh, this movie is exactly. is very much about because after World War Two, like after and this is where the nine eleven connection comes in. We're going to loop it all back in, into one thing. So World War Two was an absolutely devastating emotional shock on a thousand different levels to literally everybody everywhere, right? And so it makes sense that after people come back from that experience, traumatizing experience, number one, they don't want to talk about it. Number two, they want everything to be the same as when they left, even more the same than it was. Like they want it very rigid and unpredictable and very predictable because they're tired of being fucking traumatized and afraid every single day. So it makes perfect sense to want to be safe after you've been through trauma, right? Yeah. But the more you try to lock it down over the course of 10 from 46 through the end of the 50s to, well, through Easy Rider, really, the more you lock it down, the more the pressure of everyday anger, stress, need for change, all this other stuff builds up in you and then it breaks free and snaps. And sometimes it breaks very positive. Sometimes it breaks very negative, but it's going to break no matter what happens. And Auntie Mame's argument is essentially let go and let the pressure loose. Yeah. Like stop fucking tightening your, you know, 
groin in a vice. <laughs> like, this is going to kill you. Um, and, and be free. And, uh, and sometimes being free is dangerous. Your fucking husband I, falls off a mountain. <laughs> I, I also right. think, like, that time, because if you think about it, before World War I, mm -hmm. a majority of Americans were isolationists. They just wanted to be by yep. themselves. They were anti-war. Yep. They were dragged in to World War I, thanks to the British, and then they went through that. Then all of a sudden, they were given the responsibility for uh, helping England because their standard, or their economy took a huge hit in World War I. So all of a sudden, America now has power. They have money. And then World War II comes along. And by the end of that, America just, I always felt they had trouble adjusting to power. Oh, for sure. Because, right? I mean, for, because so, we were revolutionaries to start with, and now we're an empire. Yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, it's a way two. of adjusting to power. No. It's not a guilt. It's just like we're kind of new at this thing, and we kind of wanted to be by ourselves. But now all of a sudden, you know, we England owes us money. You know, yeah, we it's weird. So we were a massive war machine. No oh yeah, and then, for sure. And then we get into Vietnam because mm -hmm. there's just this. Oh, I guess oh, this, this is what we do. This is what we do. We never, we never figured out. We don't quite know how to be imperialist. All right, yeah. Let's get into. Let's get into. But anti mame is about that. Is about that thing is about like we are fucking pent up and we better explode before we kill somebody yeah. like i think that is the that's the background of that movie and so it uses a really interesting combination of very staid very stagey very proper well-lit 50s bullshit and weird jokes that, was that really dude. upset people because <laughs> broadway was huge at oh, that that's time. what but this is what so i'm saying it's like but, but, that but like you well, compare though. that's what i'm saying it's like you compare this to a doris day movie like doris day Doris Day movies endorse the clamping down. They're like, stay in the closet, Rock Hudson. That that's the basic argument of a Doris Day movie, right? This one, not this one. This one's just like, like the the subtext of the movie, just like, it, like she's all but looking at the camera, going, "You know, everybody in front of the camera is gay, right?" <laughs> I mean, she's almost saying that all the time, right. you know. And it's just like this is like it, it's such a it's such a big argument to let go and be yourself and, and, and embrace craziness, you know, and life that, uh, I think that it's like, it uses its, its 50s style and its staging nature very, very well. I think that's one of the best things it does. All right. So it starts off with the reading of a will. That's the start of the movie. Uh, besides the title sequence, Eric, what do you think of the title sequence? I liked it. Oh yeah. It's great. It's great. It's kaleidoscope. Yeah. It's a total kaleidoscope yep. effect. Loved yep. it. Yeah, super cool. fun. Super fun. So it starts off with the reading of a will. I um, they just point something out, Chris. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you on your show. Uh, um, it's your show too, buddy. Gotcha. Dan <laughs> and Chris, were the names not in the entry? Straight like, out of uh, Eric, uh, <laughs> Eric fantasy movie? Yes. <laughs> in, in, yes. I mean, in terms of the character names or the actors' names? The actual the producers' actors names. names everything. Yeah, it's hysterical, dude. Yeah, that, that, was, that was it like the, dead on? I was like, man, this is out of my playbook. Yeah, it was yeah. it was so funny. It was like, yeah, like it's the uh, famous Aussie people man. you've never heard of. Yeah, like all these big names being scrawled across uh, the screen, and you can see, uh, like, uh, like uh, Coral Brown, <laughs> you know, like 
Who the fuck Tucker. is this? Forrest That's Tucker. Patrick Moles. Costa presents. Yeah. That's right. Peggy Cass, who was great. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, this is, uh, yeah, there's, there's some real, there's some real characters in this. So like, this Willard, Water- stage Willard Waterman. Yeah. That's a very Eric Sheely name. Willard Waterman. <laughs> The uh, the that woman I that. loved the best, by the way, in this outside of Auntie Mame was um, uh, Lee Patrick. I thought Lee, Lee Patrick. Patrick. As, uh, uh, no, not not Lee Patrick. Uh, I was looking at the wrong cast list here. It was uh, the girl that fell in the, love with the boy his, as he got older. He no, his rather her um, Mame's best friend, who she's on oh, stage. Oh, Carol yeah. Brown. She Carol Brown and and uh, Rosalind Russell. Are yeah. so good together in this movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That I was yeah. just like, well, they're best friends, and it totally shows. It's yeah. so fucking like they like they're. It's almost a flaw in the movie because when they're not together on screen, the movie goes all right like this. Yeah, it's <laughs> like come back, Carol well, Brown. Yeah, because Carol Brown's a perfect sidekick to me. Right? Oh, it's she's sure. amazing, absolutely amazing. So, so the reading of the will. Sorry, still the opening shot. The reading of the will basically shows um, uh, that. It's a man who's talking about, you know, when he dies, he uh, the the care of his son will go to uh, Mame Dennis, and uh, Mame is his sister. And do a little point in the things like, as long as he doesn't grow up to be, you know, as crazy as she is, and blah, blah blah blah. And so then he also says that the finances of uh, his finances will be uh, uh, taken care of by. Uh, Dwayne Bobcock, uh, Babcock, uh-huh, of, the, of the Knickerbocker Bank, right. who will who will be managing him and taking care of all other things. So basically, he assigned two people: one, his aunt, who is the only living relative that he has left, right, and this other guy named Dwayne uh, uh, Dwight Dwight Bobcock, uh, Babcock. Uh, so the next scene is basically that he hit. He says, but I'm in good health, so this never matter. And then he dies the next day. That's basically in the headline of the newspaper, mm-hmm. which right. is hilarious. Right? He's like, I'll be alive forever. And then right. it's like the next day, heart attack. Right. That's he die, has a heart attack because uh, uh, in the health club that he claims he's so healthy about, which was pretty funny and mm-hmm. ridiculously and ironic. And, uh, and so anyway, so then basically uh, this young boy is with uh, – a maid slash nanny that she's going to take him to main Dennis's house. And they're a little bit nervous because, you know, obviously, you know, he has to be with his aunt now and he's trying to figure it out. And the nanny is, or the woman is very, uh, is, is a strong woman, but also very uh, sweet with him, you know, trying to take care of him. Um, but they arrive at Mame's house and it's got this massive, Chinese uh, dragon head on the front door <laughs> of the house. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what the hell is this? Like the whole door looks like a, basically a Chinese dragon. Uh, and so they're like, okay. And I guess they, they, they ring the doorbell and then smoke comes out of the nostrils of the dragon and they're all freaking out. Uh, big gong sound, right? Very <laughs> ridiculous. And then the door or the eyes of the dragon open and it's the two eyes of a person is looking on the other side and that freaks them out, of course. And they can hear a whole bunch of ruckus going on the other side. Open the door and uh, this Asian man is uh, opens the door and says, we're here to see Mame Dennis. Like, oh, you come in, you come in. It's very, uh, very, you know, broken Asian <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, sticky. It's, it's sticky. Like, it's going to be uncomfortably sticky for a lot of people. I think the movie... Has its heart in the right place ultimately, but it was common in the time 
to, to do this as, a, as an Asian act. Yeah. Um, and and the laugh not, made everyone feel very, Karen and Brady felt very awkward at his laugh. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a bit of a strain. It's not nearly as bad as say Breakfast at Tiffany's. Which is like, racist. <laughs> like really? Just, I haven't watched it in years. Oh, yeah, Mickey Rooney. That's Mickey, like, Mickey Rooney. Nanny, that's a, a hard ride. Chinese right. man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. bad news. But like, um, that, that being said, like, this is like, if you take it with a grain of salt and you're like, wow, this is just the fucking, this is where they're at. You know, then but, you, you write it. It's, it's still a, it's still a, a good, good hearted character that is part of the family of the movie. And then like, they, they treat, treat him well. But they basically walk into a massive, uh, cocktail party. I had tons of people, lots of stuff going on. Oh, by the way, you should know this is early 20s. This is supposed to be, right? So prohibition time, craziness, but there's a massive cocktail party and they're all drinking like fish. Right. And they run it, they run into Maine, <laughs> who is talking a million miles an hour. She is, she is a fast talking social. Oh, yeah. And the camera's just riding this massive wonder as she's like going all around the cocktail party and jabbering people that, and talking to people, right. talking to people. And it's basically like a complete, you know, shocking to, 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 to Patrick, the young boy who's just sort of being moved around this entire space and introduced to everyone. And she is so excited to see him. He's like, Oh, you're here, et cetera. You know, it's like, no, you're supposed to arrive tomorrow. Oh, it's today. Oh, great. And she doesn't seem to care and just is just excited to talk to him and introduce him to everyone. Right. And he is just sort of like kind of trying to take it all in and is completely confused. And she keeps telling him like, Oh, we're going to teach you all kinds of amazing things. Look at this guy. He's a he's a very progressive teacher who teaches in the village. Maybe you'll go to school over at his school, which is hilarious as well. We'll get to right. that point. Yep. And then, uh, and then he gets confused by all these different, uh, uh, words. Like there's a lot of things that he's hearing at the party that yeah. are confusing to him. Right. Yeah. And, and so he says, well, take, take this notepad and paper and write thing, uh, write all the words down that you don't, you've never heard of. You need explanation and either they will go through all of them. And he goes through all of these different words, like oh yeah, it's like all these sexual, all these, yeah, exactly, <laughs> Lizestrada, yeah, all this stuff. He's like, that's a tough one to explain, but okay, let's I do still this. think that school is so bizarre. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. it's so it's utterly ridic- it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's it's made to be ridiculous. So so anyway, they ended up, you know, they're there, and uh, the but the party is over very quickly. But of course, uh, her her best friend, who is uh, uh, an actress. Uh, they, they literally drag, <laughs> she's passed out. And so they're carrying her upstairs. There's this big spiral staircase that's used, or, or, or you know, uh, yeah, spir- yeah spiral stair- mm-hmm. staircase in the, in the entryway, which yep. they use in the film a lot. They're taking her upstairs, uh, to put her into, into, the, into bed. And they said, yeah, we'll unzip her and everything else, which also was fairly progressive at the time. Just talk about like passing out all the time. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lot, lots of very, very risque material being traded yeah. around this thing. And how they're going to undress her and put her to bed, right? Uh, and so, uh, anyway, the uh, as a young boy, he's you know he's learning from Auntie Mame, and then they find out that uh, uh, Dwight Babcock is going to be coming over, and Mame's like, "Oh, I've been putting him off for so long, but I better get things straight." And she's hung over in bed. <laughs> Right. right. And so Patrick says, like, no, I'm gonna I'm going to, you know, I'll I'll take care of it or I'll help you. 
Well, and specifically, uh, uh, the boy uh, tells the story of the only real dialogue he had with his father growing up was he tried to talk to him a little bit in the morning, but the dad would say, go away, I'm, I'm hungover, right? right? And then and then Auntie Mae, well, the first thing she says uh, when she wakes up uh, to, the, to the boy is just like, well, just slow down, I'm hungover. And you can see right. him, he's just like, oh, no. Like right. this is going to be, but a, she engages with him. But after that, she it's a it's a it's it climbs. Their relationship grows after that point. It just starts right. off with to show his fear that yeah. he will be essentially alone. Right. But he had made an airplane, and he's like, I was always interested in aviation. I never knew they worked on rubber bands. Right. They worked on rubber bands. Good line. <laughs> there's a lot of great one lines. Yeah. She's she's just like there's like one, one or two every twenty seconds that uh, <laughs> yeah. fly out of Rosin's mouth. <laughs> it's pretty hysterical. Uh, so anyway, uh, 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 Dwight Babcock arrives, and uh, she's not ready yet. They're trying to get. Uh, they're trying to get the, uh, the, the, the actress out of the house. <laughs> She's passed yeah. out, right? Uh, and she needs to dress up very conservatively because she needs to impress or try not to freak out, uh, Dwight Babcock, right? Right. And so, um, while she's doing that, the young boy is, 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 uh, entertaining the guy. And decides to make him a martini. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, just goes and through the steps. He's very good him. with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, he, and he says your favorite line, which is "Don't you know? Uh, make sure you don't bruise the chin." Right, right. right. Don't bruise the chin. But he makes him a really nice martini, and the guy's a little freaked out by that, and he gives him the martini. At which point, Rosalind Russell shows or, or Mame shows up, and she's a little. Uh, She's like, uh oh, <laughs> oh fuck, yeah. And, she, and then she turns it around and is like, why? How dare you? You know, you shouldn't be drinking a martini well, like, during working hours. Well, I guess, yeah, like, <laughs> like it's a great little setup set because, like, the guy's clearly gonna be like, the guy, the guy's basically saying, why does this little boy know know how to make a martini? And she's like, why are you drinking a martini from served from a little boy at ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> right, which is pretty pretty funny. Yeah, uh, no, it's good. Like it's a good gag. Uh, and then the, uh, the, uh, but anyways, he, he, uh, well, we're, we're, uh, but that guy is essentially there to make sure that he goes to a good school, right? Conservative, conservative school. school. And he has a lot of recommendations for the most like, you know, buttoned right. down. And the word that comes up a lot is restricted. Yeah. And, restricted. and for people that don't know what restricted means in this context, that means Not uh, Jewish. no <laughs> Jews. That's the idea. Restricted right. means that it's uh, racist rules against uh, accepting Jews. And Black uh, was with uh, question. Oh, that's you don't even Jewish. talk about that, obviously. Yes. Yes. But uh, with, uh, there's so many people that just accept just having Jews live next door, and it's very mm -hmm. shocking to people because mm -hmm. they're racists. Uh, and as this becomes a, a subtle through line that leads to a crescendo in the picture. Yes, it does. Uh, but basically had all these, uh, these things that he should be, uh, doing, uh, in terms of his education. Right. Uh, so then he, she says to him, uh, I tell you what, you engage him into whatever school you think he needs to be in and we'll be there. And he says, right. fine, fine, I'll be like that, right? Because she suggests all kinds of schools like, whoa, 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 way too crazy. No, we're yeah, not. Too liberal, too liberal, too, too crazy. liberal, too crazy, too, uh, yeah, too, uh, uh progressive. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, we need, and he's a very, uh, my alma mater and great friend, et cetera. Right. So anyway, um, after that, uh, after that part, 
he um, uh, she does not put him into the school that he suggests, but puts him into another school. So the, as he goes to visit the school, he finds out that he wasn't even enrolled. It's the, the weird school. spiritual art school. Yeah, he put him into this other school that was in the village, in the village. Run, yeah. run by this other guy, experimental she, yogi character. It, oh and when and and he goes to see him at that school, and he shows up at her house, and the boy is in a coat, but you can tell that he doesn't have any clothes underneath, right? Which is very odd. Yeah, which is already weird. Already weird, right? Yeah. And he was complaining to Maine, and he's like, he's like. <laughs> I showed up at the school and everyone at the school was naked. <laughs> right. Teachers naked, kids are naked. Everyone's and then, naked. Why don't you tell why don't you tell me what you did at school today? And he tells this whole weird tale about like, oh, we played this game where We played this game where, where all the girls were hunched over, like we were learning about fish, and all the girls were hunched over spawning their eggs on the ground. And then the men came by to the do gentle, what men to do what gentlemen fish do. Nuts, dude. I was and I'm like, I was like, whoa, whoa, what? what? <laughs> no. Like and this, this is in the movie in 1915. I'm like, yeah. oh. so it's pretty, it's pretty bananas. Now, like to give this context, like they are intent. Like, it's a very silly, bizarro movie, and they're basically trying to go with the most. I mean, the shit like that actually was real in the 60s. All sorts of experimental wackos through shit like that. And so 50s, they're trying. This, yeah, like like this is, but they, but these these concepts were absolutely around in the 50s, late 50s. Yeah, exactly. So like, uh, like this is a pseudo, this is pseudo real. The reason why they're bringing it up is to make sure that you are as shocked, uh, by what MAME represents as anybody else. So you're less, is this boy in danger essentially is the, is the emotion they're trying to elicit. And, uh, and it's done in a comedy sense. So like the kid's not actually like, none of this is meant to be taken literally really. Sure. Uh, it's meant, it's just, this is just extremist comedy. Um, but at the same time, this is not a joke you would make today yeah, in any context would. at zero context. Because these are clearly young boys. Right. Yeah. And right. so like Night, way, way under 18. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, like it's like the like there there's nothing. But, they, like, but, they, but the thing happens so quickly. The joke happens like, wait, what the what? Yeah, what, you're like, what, what the fuck was that? That was. And then, was... Just, and then she's like, well, that's just you know, just learning about nature. Of course, they're learning about nature. Right. Oh, <laughs> exactly. And, and she totally blushes it off, and I'm like, right. what? Yeah, and so like it's a, you know like I think that there's no way you could argue putting that joke in today because people no. take the stuff too. They would very, very literally. Yeah. And they would say, you know, child abuse. Yeah. Whereas this is like, this is much more, this is close to Zoolander level reality that we're living in for Auntie Man. Like it's, it's very, very, it's cartoony. You would never do this joke. Right. Oh yeah. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't even like, you'd be, you'd be off the movie. (laughs) Like that's the end of that. Uh, But that's the, it does show the sort of like, like I'm not arguing to keep a joke like that or not, but I am saying that like, the literalism with which we view film is pretty severe these days. Mm-hmm. Like we, we do like, we take these things to be real when it's not real. Like the, the base argument should always be like, what you're watching is a metaphor always. And uh, the more you expect it to be real, the less it's going to make sense to you. Uh, but we don't really live there anymore. Now we look for hyper real, like very, very close adherence to reality. Even in the most ridiculous humor. Right. Which is why we get quickly offended by a lot of humor. 
Yes. But the, which is why, like, for instance, people can get, they have to put a warning on the front end of Blazing Saddles. Uh, they do now? Yeah, they put up, and when I'm just like, Blazing Saddles is one of the most anti-racist films I've it ever is, seen. Yes. Like, the entire fucking point of the movie. The star of the movie is Cleavon Little, and the entire point is anti-racist. But still, we have to put up a warning. I'm just like, that's... This is where we're at. <laughs> like, it's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. And if you say it wrong, it doesn't matter what you mean. Yep. And that's a very dangerous way to think, I think. Yep. Okay, so... Uh, where were we? So, he... So he forces, he basically forces him to leave the school and go to a different school, uh, to the school that he was from. So uh, not only that, but forces him to go to a boarding school where she won't see him right. during most of the time. And she will only see him um, during uh, uh, holidays and, and summertime. Right. Which is pretty upsetting, right? So... Uh, but nonetheless, that's what happens. Um, the next point that happens after that is that uh, it's since it's the twenties, uh, the crash happens. Nineteen twenty-nine, yep. the crash happens, and uh, they're like she, she along with all the other eccentric New Yorkers at that time lost all their money. <laughs> and actually, this is my favorite line from the uh, from the Butler character is when he picks up the phone and says hello, and you hear blah 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 blah, and he goes. Oh, it's uh, Mr. So and So from the bank. He just wanted to say hello before he jumps out a window. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, they sort of treat it pretty in a pretty funny way. Yeah, exactly. So, so he lost all his money. So she loses all the money. Now, which is interesting. So, because of that, they sort of play up like she needs to find a way to make money. She keeps the apartment. She keeps the clothes. Right. So it's very uh, uh, what's the uh, 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 Shit's Creek in a sense. Yeah, it's very shit's creek, exactly. <laughs> right? But but she needs to find a job, right? And so she's looking through the, the help wanted ads, and uh, she starts trying to look for some jobs, which are pretty funny. So the first job she tries to do is the uh, is a receptionist. A uh, telephone operator. A, a telephone operator yeah, where right. you put the little plugs in. like you know, right. and She's working at a bank, and of course it's the, the not bank, a lawyer's office, and the name's a blah, 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 blah. It's, pretty hilarious yeah and so like a, a good a couple of sticky bits with her sticky bits with her right, trying to right. get a gonna get trying to get a job but over uh, the course of this she ends up meeting this guy well she ends up at it she ends up uh, working at macy's and she's uh she's of course terrible as a sales clerk at macy's but it's a guy who, who shows up with a with a very big george accent yeah who's, right. his name beauregard Right, and who wants to buy twenty five sets of roller skates? It really or... should be Jim Backus. I agree with yeah. you, Eric. Like this dude should be Jim Backus one hundred percent. There, I watched this, and I hadn't seen it before. And obviously, I watched this, and that scene where he was talking about. Sorry about my dog in the background. That's it. Like I'm an oil cat, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is where it came from." <clears throat> Sorry, I'm talking slow. If you go all the way back to the late 70s, when I was a kid, my father used to wake me up at 11.29, and we would watch Saturday Night Live together. From mm -hmm. the very first time it aired, straight through, right? So all the skits, and there was a skit with Belushi that was at like 12.50 at, mm -hmm. in the morning, meaning it was the la one of the last scripts, the yeah. last <laughs> yeah, um, they're, they're just trying sketch, to the door, right? Yeah. right? Before they did a musical number, and then they were out. So it was like 12.45. 
And he plays this Texas oil man coming in and sweep your heart of Gilda right. Radner. And right. I was like, where's this coming from? It was so strange and bizarre. It was like king of comedy, uh-huh. but uh-huh. it was, it was based on that. That's funny. To have been. That's funny. But it's like, I totally forgot about it. I was like, this is the oddest thing. It wasn't like land shark or any of the other. Was, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This funny. was like the last oh, minute, okay. last the sketch. And it was like, I'm a billionaire. Yeah. yeah. The money, and I want to take you away from all your problems. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so foghorn leghorn, you know, it's like, it's so, it's like, a little it's, ridiculous. it's, it's a big, uh, incidentally, I need, to, I need to drop this. I need to put this out there at some point. My favorite foghorn leghorn joke. If you ever hear me say this, this is what the reference is. There's an episode. There's a uh, cartoon foghorn leghorn, giant chicken, right? And he's gobbling sorely high while he's talking like this all the time, boys. You know, it's the Kentucky accent. And he is, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, there's one where he is sort of, uh, has to take care of like this little, his, his nephew and his nephew is wearing glasses and he's a really smart, uh, little chicken. Right. And he gets into more and more fights with the kid and he tries to hide from the kid in the corn bin. Right. And he's hiding in the corn bin. He's like, you see him picking out like this. And you see the kid with the glasses, the chicken with the glasses, sort of looks around, can't find Foghorn Leghorn, starts drawing on a piece of paper with a, like a graph and a slide rule and all the makes and lots of little numbers. And he looks all around and does all this math, puts the thing aside, takes out a shovel, sticks it at the ground, goes like this. And suddenly Foghorn Leghorn just comes up out of the earth, even though he was just in the corn bin. And he just looks around and he runs over the corn bin. He almost opens it up and he goes, no, I don't want to look. I just might be in there. <laughs> and so I have said this my whole life. Nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. And now when you hear me say it during any episode come upcoming, you'll go, that was when he explained that far and laid hard joke too long. That's this moment right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, Egghead. Uh, thank you. Jason Jason knows what I was talking about. Thank God. Uh, okay, <laughs> I don't so, want to look how much might be in there. That's who this guy reminded me of in this movie. <laughs> it was it, it was yeah, it definitely was, but it was a Jim Backus light. Yes, I wonder if right. these were all just stage actors at the time. Yeah, he's this because you know who he is also like he's also um Ralph Bellamy in um in uh, the Cary Grant uh newspaper movie. Uh, like the what's it called? Uh, the great one, the really funny Cary Grant the newspaper one, movie. Don't forget me. Don't My forget love. me, Eileen. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, it's the fucking, it's the fast talk. It's the classic. It's I think it might be Rosalind Russell. Come to think of it, um, the front, is it front page? But his girl Friday. His girl Friday. His girl Friday. His girl Friday. Um, his partner, who might be Rosalind Russell, I might be right wrong about that. Uh, is going to marry Ralph Bellamy. And Ralph Bellamy is such a fucking boring stooge in that movie. It almost kills the movie. Where you're just like, Ugh. everybody else is so funny. And then there's this guy. <laughs> so that's what this dude kind of reminds me. He's okay. But I, I kept on thinking of better actors. Uh, Bacchus being the front of the pack. Uh, that would play this shtick a little, little bit harder. Than, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so basically what happens is he says he wants to buy a whole bunch of things. She kept missing up the order. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, her, she ends up, uh, uh, she ends up getting fired. Uh, she, and she just walks out of the store at that point. He's like, well, I guess that's the end of that. And she's also basically saying she doesn't really have, uh, any money, right? You can sort of does this thing. She's going to try to take a cab and she just has one, one coin left in her purse 
And instead of taking the cab, she puts it in Salvation Army thing. Of course, a very, you know, Hollywood thing. Be generous. Get, well, it's a little save the cat moment for her. Save you the know. cat moment. Right. <laughs> sure. <That's> good. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then, uh, but then uh, she ends up going home. And uh, when she gets home, uh, obviously they're very poor. Uh, although you can't really tell from the amazing decor of the house. And she still has the two, the maid and the butler who <laughs> are working for of course, them. Of course, yeah. Right. But she makes a point like, I'm so sorry. I owe you guys so much back money. And they're like, no, no. And they're very loyal to her. They all love her very much, which is very, feels very genuine actually, uh, between that. And so they decide they're going to exchange Christmas gifts, uh, for each other. Um, and oh, right. Wait, 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 wait. There was a scene that was important to this before that she had a job as a, uh, as an actress. Oh, yes. With her friend. With her friend, so her friend, her friend, uh, uh, her friend gives her, gives her a job as an actress, and she's supposed to be a very, very minor part. But because it's Angie's name, she just tries to turn it into a bigger part. Yeah, and she has these, uh, she has these ridiculous bracelets, jangly metal jangly bracelets that have like literally bells on them. Yeah, and they so sound like wind. Ch- it's like, like wind chimes, <laughs> and so she's completely distracting, destroys the play at the end because she's always saying she gets her jangly bracelets caught in like her friend's hair. Everyone's upset. She ruined the play, right. and then. It's a really, and she's like, oh, I'm a failure. And there's a really there's a great scene of her. Like, it's very hilarious and vaudevillian and ridiculous, the whole thing. But at the end, when they're all upset at her and they leave, they leave her with, like, just that one stage light bulb and a chair and her feeling defeated. Yeah, it's like, a really beautiful little scene. It's a beautiful little yeah, scene. Yeah, it's a right? great little scene. And then Patrick shows up. And it's very genuine. And he says, you were wonderful. No. You were wonderful. And he says, I was terrible. And he goes, yeah. no, it was a terrible play until you showed up and made it so much more interesting. Right. And the thing is, I wouldn't even say that the boy, the little boy is great. I think he's perfect. He's a typical 50s little boy actor, you know. Right. Um, he's actually also in, uh, um, and uh, we watched it this morning and uh, she looked him up. And he was also in one of the best Twilight Zone movies, Twilight Zone episodes ever, which is The Monsters Who Do on Maple Street. So the kid was like in the rotation at the, and he happened to catch this role, but he's not like a standout. It's all Russell. Like Russell owns these moments so thoroughly and sells them so well that you're just like, you can't help but be a little bit, your heartstrings get tugged every single time. The boy's doing a perfectly fine job. But she is like he's delivering the lines that allows her to do. Yeah, to, exactly. To she, he's serving it up perfectly fine. There's no right. nothing wrong with it. It's good set, but uh, but uh, she is fucking <laughs> she she is the Babe Ruth of delivering the the goods and those. Yeah, it's really, really wonderful, solid. wonderful. Yeah, but anyway, uh, just to, to to put that that point, like he gives they all give each other gifts, and it's always like you know he he went to the pawn shop and sold his microscope and his hockey stick to buy right. her a piece of jewelry. Which was not real diamonds, but you know, it's like, but look, they don't make any noise, so you won't have to worry about it. So it was just sort of a callback to that. And that yeah, yeah, loves yeah. Her. Right. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yep. And then they all give each other gifts, and then the, the 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 butler and the maid said, "We also got something special for you." Um, it says, and you know, we saved up a bunch of money, and we wanted to do that. And it says, "We paid all of your bills for you, all of your grocery bills, so that you know we won't get strange looks from the butcher." Right. And right. it was, you know, it was like, oh my god, you know, everyone's. It's just a little. Oh, it's oh, great. It's, it's, it's very, very sort of heavy, like, but very. Yeah, very, I mean, it's big corny stuff, but I love big corny stuff. And when you yeah. do it right, it's like, I mean, it's like, um, you know, Jimmy Stewart, uh, 
Christmas it's a wonderful movie life. Yeah. It's a wonderful life. It's got a yeah. kind of flavor, you know. It's, it's and it's really very, awesome. very, very sweet. And then suddenly the door rings, and uh, who is it? But Beauregard, and he's been right. looking through the phone book for all the dentists. There's, there's 96 dentists in New York, and I've been going around in a cab. Yeah, that's tell that. like what? That's I would change your life, and I got tons yeah. of money. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, he's like the, the, <laughs> this character. Yeah, the guy, the guy's fine playing Bogart. It's just like the character needs. I mean, a, it's a so little obvious. More. You already know it's going to happen. It's like yeah. he's going to marry a rich like, Texas oil yeah, man, like oh, it's from Georgia. Optimism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on in. Yeah, like it's like like he's he doesn't he does huh. like the problem with the with this guy's casting is that like he's trying to play it as the romance lead, and so he's trying to sell it like it's sort of a real guy. I'm just like this. You gotta do this guy fucking full on Bacchus. Like you gotta come in and make it a cartoon in order for the story to. Oh, your audio cut out. Oh, God damn. No, 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 it's back. It's back. Still back? All right. Yeah. So like, because what happens in the plot for him is sort of like, well, I was sort of trying to take it as like an actual romance, but that's not really what's happening here. So it's, it's, it's the wrong sell. Like he's just coming in and being like, well, I'm in love with you, a little girl and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know what to do. And I've been oh, searching yeah. all over the and city. And just like, you gotta be, well, I got so much you gotta be a little bit more handy than that. There's a couple, there's a couple of moments where she, she's the only one that really sells that. I'm like, he, yeah. he's like, ah, head over heels and love you. You know, it's a little <laughs> ridiculous, but she's the one she's like, she has an expression on her face. Like I'm very much in love with him, but yeah. it's, can't really be because he's a cartoon right like but at the same time just based on her expression she she looks genuine like she's yeah. so good at this it's really yeah. amazing that's it. this is what i'm saying is that like if if she she plays it the same way but he's kind of like like because he's definitely overplaying he's he is foghorn leghorn but it's just right. like he's he's just selling me the wrong meal you know in the scenes like he should be te- he should be telegraphing the what happens to him uh, so I don't try to like half-assed invest in that story because it's not right. going to go anywhere. Um, but it's okay. It's all right. I think it's one of these, uh, one of the elements. It's like they got a great actress in a pretty good screenplay and, uh, and it's very, very big and it's trying to cover a lot of bases and she's almost able to cover it all herself. But sometimes she's, the, she's she's covering a lot. Yeah, she's doing an incredible amount of work, and yeah. uh, and the movie really holds together because of her. But right. now and again, it shows the scenes just because you're like, I wish they had one other actor in here as good as her. Then you then it would just explode. Right. But it's very very difficult to get someone that good. But she held the whole thing. Like yeah, I she, would say she, yeah, she totally she holds it. Though. She absolutely holds it. And like then I would say the 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 other actor who's as good as her is the one who plays her acting friend. Like those guys shine so hard whenever they're on screen together that I was just like, I just want to see them as a duo through the entire movie. Yeah, old Thelma movies. Yeah, totally, dude. Because like, there's they the and you can tell when the director has a lot has more confidence when he's working with the two of them because he stages these really complex uh, bits of blocking to follow their arguments, right? And everyone when they're trying to get dressed in the hair. When they're trying to get dressed in the hair and all that gag. I mean, just like all that stuff, you can only give that to real pros who know how to land the lines on top yeah. of each other right I, on the point. But it's not just like the way she throws around the room and just talking a million miles yeah. an hour. Yeah. That's really hard. Unbelievable. Stuff. But that's yeah. stage so stuff. 
Yeah, these are really incredibly like, so skilled good. actors. Yeah, like, so skilled, right? You know, and this is something you don't so see today. Skilled. Like you, get, yeah. like you get a lot, of, like you get great actors today, but they're all like they've only ever worked in film, so they only can do they can do close up work and they can do intimate work very well. But when it comes to like big blocking and really controlling a big space, like there's only a, there's you know two or three actors that are that good in movies. Very very rare. And so then, like, and the way it works in movies now is like it, the the camera has to make up for the fact that actors stagecraft very well, and the and the camera has to really help them out all the time. You know, back in the day, you had people like Russell that could just fucking. Your audio keeps going out, and I have a feeling I feeling your mic is too close to you, or maybe it's now now it's out completely. Nope, nope, it's not working. Um, yeah, yeah, it keeps going in and out. Did we lose Dan? Did we lose Dan? Da, 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 da. Now we've completely lost Dan. Dan was very passionate about this movie. And it's uh, now been muted. I think uh, uh, Twitch has said, you know what? Let's hear from Eric. Eric, let's talk about uh, <laughs> your impression of me. I, I back up I know a you're lot back, of what you're he back. says, but I, honestly, there was it was it was a very theater piece for me, and yeah. it was. It's, I'm actually kind of shocked that it was a film before, or maybe they wrote it for stage, and you know they kind of composed it like a stage piece knowing that they were going to go straight to stage. But everything about it was that way. I was kind of shocked, like, there weren't more big-name actors in it. Uh, if um, I don't know if you can you hear me. Can, yes. Okay, good. Uh, I just looked it up. It uh, His Girl Friday with Cary Grant, uh, it is Rosalind Russell that, that is also in that. Uh, and if you want to see a fucking hilarious movie and what we're talking about in terms of really fast-talking and great staging, See his girl Friday. Holy shit, she's good. Unbelievably but good. But also, uh, what year is that? His girl Friday is nineteen forty. Okay, nineteen forty. Okay, yeah, so it's basically two movies that are identical. One is, I think, the front page, and one is his girl Friday. His girl Friday is my favorite. Now, what's the other one with Tony Curtis? It's really good. Oh, fifty nine. Oh, oh, the oh, oh, the one with the uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, there's a real Burt Lancaster. Burt, Burt Lancaster. The average. The uh, the what? Yeah, the it's the it's almost like a noir. It's like a New York noir version of advertising, right? Yes. Yeah, that's a, what is that called? That's a fucking great movie. One time director. Really? Well, he did, and then he spotted Cal Arts. Oh my god, that's uh, what is that? Hang on for one second. Advertising. You think you're a big cookie? Well, I can chew you up. Holy shit! Wait, if you can think of the name of the movie, everyone should see this movie. I only just saw that like three or four years ago. Oh, I oh, was really? thinking of, you yeah, know, I was no, thinking the of, director I, I worked for when I worked for the director for uh, Sky Captain. Now his teacher was that director. It is um, it is oh here it is, Sweet Smell of Success. That's right. That is a fast talking, amazing, amazing drama. Movie. Wow, yep. what a movie! Wow. Do you guys remember State of the Union? No, I haven't seen that. State of the Union with. Uh, um, um, uh, 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 um, Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. Oh really? no, I, I don't think I've seen that. I like, oh, I like those good. guys. Yeah, uh, that's good. Uh, Frank Capra directed. Nice, I like Capra. Uh, it's it's great because uh, basically it's about her being progressive and powerful. It's like it's a little women's Libby at the time. 
No, it's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it's always interesting to see how because I think a lot of dressed people, at that time, right? Yeah, well, it's like I think I get the feeling that a lot of people think that all this stuff, is, all this progressive stuff, is really new. No, <laughs> it's <is> not new. <laughs> no. People have been fighting the fight for a really long fucking time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It can uh, be quite shocking. At one point, I'm going to make you guys watch uh, what's the the International Hotel with uh, W. C. Fields from 1932. Now that. Will make I have you not like seen this. Cringe, not cringe, but like, like, be shocked. Listen, there's a scene in that movie uh-huh. where W.C. Fields walks out uh, of his room wearing this big Asian robe, mm-hmm. smoking a giant opium pipe, <laughs> while Bob Calloway <laughs> is singing. The Reefer Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy <laughs> moly. Well, that's because that's pre-code. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Pre-code is fucking bananas, dude. Like pre-code is like, like is raunchier shit than you def- definitely yeah. raunchier stuff than you put on anything today. Today. Right. He's, and this is, and he was, she, he's gets into code. this car. This woman sits, yeah, gets in the car, there. sits down. It might be 20 And she's like, so. oh, she like gets, well, she like shocked that she gets down. And he mm-hmm. reaches up under her ass, mm-hmm. grabs a cat, and goes, ah, you were sitting on your pussy. <laughs> Dude, so ridiculous. Wow. Ridiculous. 1932. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, yeah, like anything that snuck by censors, and that, I really, I really sold it. When, when was the, it's the Hayes Code is what I was talking about. So the Hayes Code, Hayes Code uh, is from... Uh, that was, uh, 1934. Oh, I said 33. So I wasn't yep. far, there you go. Not far off, Eric. You were very close. Yeah. And the Hayes Code ran to 1968. Yeah. <laughs> and right so after we that, in... it went crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, well, think about this. The fish gag was in this movie and this was during code. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's go, let's, let's go back. Is, so this, that we now go to, she now goes to visit his family in Georgia, which to me, this is the scene that was the, the one that was the hardest for me. Like, uh, is this clunky for you? I think this is okay. I think it's here's the thing that like, I don't like about it is that it is such, it's so, this is the way Hollywood, I always have a problem with the way Hollywood looks at the South. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's yeah. very, bad honestly speaking yeah and and i think this is part of the reason we are in a situation now is that people from the south were looked upon as clunky and just mocked in a lot of ways which they still are which they still are (laughs) so i have a feeling that this is you know listen of course they don't they're 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 pissed off hollywood of course they're pissed off at at, at, at people from the Northeast who have this very, like, just demeaning look at people from the South, which I think was just, just not correct. Anyway, so, but let's just get into the story. I don't want to get too much into that political thing. But what happens basically is it's a big Southern Georgia family, and you got the, the, the Southern Georgia mom who is, you know, basically hates everyone in the family who all just want her money. There's the right? evil sister. There's, There's the, the evil, no, not no. evil sister, the evil, the evil cousin the fiance, or whatever, fian- or, or wannabe yeah. fiance, yeah. who basically wants to marry Beauregard for all the money, but mm-hmm. obviously who is this this Yankee who's showing up yeah. who is going to take his heart away. And so she's just basically thrust into this 
awkward family situation. Yeah. At which point they decide that in order to quote unquote test her, she suggests that they go on a fox hunt the next day. Uh, and she says, Oh, I can't do a fox hunt. I don't have, having, I don't have my riding stuff. And besides, I only learn how to do side saddle. And she does this on purpose. So that she can try to get out of it. But of course, the other person says, I just happen to have a side saddle and right. I have all the clothes you need. And so now she's forced to go on a fox hunt. And for anyone who knows, side saddle is actually incredibly fucking hard to ride. Like yes. it's, it, it, women were obliged to ride side saddle. So they straddle the horse because that's unladylike. Right. Um, and so they is ride it literally. It is super fucking hard. Yeah. Very because you're sitting on the side. side of the horse. Like it's right. like a, it's a side mounted saddle where you keep right. both legs on one side. Yeah. And it's a, it's idiotic way to ride. It's amazing to watch people do it. It's very it yeah. takes a lot of skill. But uh I'm just like dudes, just get over the fact that women sometimes straddle horses. <laughs> just yes. like stop being so weird and let people ride horses. Yep. But, uh, um, so anyway, they go on this this very uh cartoon like uh fox hunt, right? Uh, where of course Brady was shot in Glendale or Burbank. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, or basically like oh, no, actually I believe that was uh, Korea Griffith, in Griffith terms Park. of mash. Yeah, it was Right. But but basically, yeah, she uh they go on this this fox hunt, uh with crazy, you know, pretty good stunt with her just driving. Oh, it's pretty great. Like a lot of high chinks though. Yeah, it's, high, very the, high chinks. The, the the problem with this whole sequence is that they set up an it takes the setup is incredibly long. It is long. And there's only one real gag. Yes. Like I'm just like this is all right if you're doing the first if the intro if the whole movie is going to be this and you set right. up the sister and the relationships with so and so and blah 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 then you're setting up like the drawing room comedy that it should be but they don't pull the trigger on any of that stuff. Right. Like it's simply the horse riding gag. And right. uh, and it's it's just a it's a it's a lot of sawing to get to the joke. The joke's pretty good, but it's it's the joke's a lot of, okay. The yeah. joke's okay, and it is you know, you but know. it also it solidifies her relationship. But it took the, the long the, way the, to well. Do that. The whole point is that at the end, it's just you know it's supposed to be like, oh right, so we're in a anyway. So she she the the there's a the, the vet comes by and and yells at the sisters. Like, I can't believe you gave her that word. Oh, get the whole gag. Also, by the way, she gives him the most aggressive word possible that she has right. to write. And says, you were trying to, like, I should string you up for murder, you know, or attempted murder or whatever, right? right? But, of course, Beauregard says, oh, I'm so glad you're okay because I want you to be my future wife. And then they're like, okay, Hooray. so that's great. Right. Yeah, so so therefore, that's when they decide that Jared's going to get married, right? Right. Uh, and it does have one of my favorite gags is when the boy's like, how'd you stay on? And she all but tells him, like, oh, I was, uh, I was sort of fitted to the horn of the saddle <laughs> well she says it's the same as the necklace yeah same as the necklace with, just like my rear end are you are you saying what you what you seem to be saying <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah it's like yeah i had the fucking saddle horn on my ass so was, that's why that's why i hung on <laughs> yeah but yeah. yeah it's like it's the whole like the entire point of beauregard is simply so that she can be rich at the end of the movie well it's the only reason he exists yeah. So she continues to have, you know, she comes back from the crash 29. She can still have the house. That's, that's more or less the only usefulness of that character, that entire storyline. Absolutely. Line. He's, he's very, you know, but also it's, nah, there's two things. One is, uh, they, they, he keeps going on a 
two-hour honeymoon, uh, two-year honeymoon. Sorry. Oh, to separate the boy and her. To That's separate true. the yeah, boy and her, right. so that he, as he's growing up for his formidable years, she's not around. Right. Right. Uh, so, so basically, at this point, there's this montage of her traveling around the pyramids and the Eiffel Tower and the Himalayas and all this stuff, and they're doing. It's very it's hilarious because it it's all looks very like a it's shot on fake, stage yeah. with with a matte painting behind yeah. them, right. right? And and he's obsessed with taking photographs, like I'm taking little pictures. Something like that. he's obsessed with taking pictures. He loves taking pictures, right? And so she indulges him, but at the same time, it's like we have to go home because I am concerned about what I'm reading in my letter in these letters from Patrick. And so they keep going home to check on him, but they come back and forth, back and forth. But clearly, she's always on vacation with um, uh, uh, Patrick, right? Right. Uh, uh, or with uh, sorry, Beauregard. Uh, but. Um, then they do this very hilarious bit, which is like kind of anticlimactic <laughs> or like kind of weird, is that they're in the Himalayas and he wants to take a picture of her. And he, in this very cartoon way, ends up falling off the mountain. <laughs> well, like imagine how funny this whole shtick would have been if this were Slim Pickens. Right. Yeah. Like Slim Pickens is the guy you want for this dude. And just where you, if, if at the end we're just like, just move a little girl. And it does the whole thing with the camera and you hear, you're lazy. You're and then you do the fucking Doctor Strange love yodel. Like, yeah, <laughs> like then you get a joke. But yeah. the guy that got is is just a big fucking block of ham. <laughs> so, block of he's ham. probably cheap. He's cheap. What are you gonna do? I mean, I see, I feel the same way about the fucking boy, the the aged boy. Once because the boy is about in retelling the movie, the boy is about the little boy is about to disappear. Who who knows how to work the character, and it's going to be replaced with fucking Roger Smith. Who is has all the charm of a fucking dish dish rag? <laughs> this guy yeah. is just this. This guy's a hack. He's a hack, and he's terrible yeah. in the movie. And he makes him makes this character unlikable, even when he's trying to be likable. Yeah, he's a typical fifties actor, like B actor male, and he's yes. lousy. <laughs> like, yes. um, sorry, Roger Smith, <laughs> but yeah, it's... we do. We are introduced to him. Uh, again, as the older boy, like the first shot is he's uh, he's in a college. And the the fact that and all these those, colleges are like the the college the college boys are wearing these college sweaters and the little weird college hat thing that was just like oh, very you know obviously he goes to a very prestigious Ivy League school of some sort and it's just funky, right? Yeah, and they, you know lives in a fraternity and yeah, it's just it's just. No, it just feels awkward, which is designed to be, by the way. We've learned this, right? He's tr he's becoming preppy, and mm -hmm. she's still living her bohemian lifestyle. And they're, you know, they're still related. They still talk to each other via letters, but they have very different ways of living to each other. Even though he still loves her very much and she loves him very much, what ends up happening at this point is she comes back from, uh, uh, she comes back from, uh, oh, right, after the death scene, we kind of cut to 10 months later. Still tie, ties to, we never go through any real grievance, but we imply that there was 10 months of grieving. Yeah. And she's also milking the grievance. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she shouldn't be wearing purple by now. shouldn't be wearing purple by now. She's yeah. still wearing black, and she's yeah. still doing that. And that so, so they're doing that whole thing, right? And she's specifically milking it to her friend Vera, her her. Uh, the, the actress, right? Uh, which is kind of funny as well. But 
They decide that she needs a distraction from her life, and they are going to uh, get her to, uh, oh, yes, in fact, it was Patrick who gets involved in this. They're going to get her to write her memoirs, right? Story of her life. At which point she's kind of surprised by this, but they get her like a dictaphone and they get her a uh, secretary. And the secretary <laughs> is played by this, you know, a lot of the characters are super cartoony and overdone, but this one to me, I just absolutely love Agnes Goose. <laughs> Gooch. Gooch. The Agnes Gooch. Gooch. Agnes Gooch. So good. She's very and funny. She, and she is like, she talks like this. Right. And she's like, I do 200 words a minute. You know, she can type everything or, 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 or you know. And like, so he's like, her, like her physical comedy in the movie is very great. Peter Sellersy. Oh my God. And it's like, hilarious. like I, I wish she they gave her more room Oscar. because she's very, very funny doing that stuff. I think she won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, she's she's pretty she's pretty funny. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> but like, but there's a there's a point where like you know this gets way on down the road. But she's like, there's a point where she can't get up off a couch. That I'm just like, really, you could ride this for another three or four minutes. Like, <laughs> it's just hysterically funny, <laughs> you know. And it's like it's it's both re- weirdly cringy and uh, and very, it's sort of like. Uh, yeah, it's but she's like supposed a, to be as homey as it gets, like like so homey. It's like insanely, yeah. Like maybe like a, you know, like just really, really. She's got this this ratty sweater that's just so oversized for her, and like you know, and they they the many many gaps. Lots of great one liners between her and Mame as well. It's just yeah, very very funny. Yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed. But then they also introduce this other character who's supposed to be this her co-author because she's never written anything. So he's supposed to be, he's like, I don't want a ghostwriter. And then he turns out to be very charming. He's an Irishman. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally. Occasionally, <laughs> occasionally Irish. Like he plays off the, like, you know, he basically is, is a moocher is what he is. Yeah. Really. Right. But she lets it happen. Let's it slide because she is suddenly interested in him as a person. Uh, interested in having him around. She's yeah. lonely. But also, like, it's like, it's also the first sign that she's gotten over, she's starting to get over both, right? Uh, what what's the line that, uh, Gooch has that's really funny when they're talking about the perfect, like, oh, my, uh, my puberty in Illinois. Oh, what was that? It was a fuck it. It was really, it was a really funny line. Who was puberty? That? Oh, God. Uh, Auntie Mame. I'm gonna, let's see if I get this line. Auntie Mame puberty. In oh, that, it's the beginning of her life. Like it's uh, when they're arguing about how how bleak. Yes, uh, how bleak was my puberty? <laughs> how bleak was my puberty? <laughs> yeah, my puberty in bu- Buffalo is drab. Turns into uh, my 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 puberty in Buffalo is bleak, and uh, and 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 like they're repeating the line over and over, and Gooch says it, and you're just like, this is now very weird. <laughs> <laughs> very very funny. Yeah. Well, the fact that they're talking about her puberty is also funny. Yeah, it's just so, so bizarre. <laughs> buffalo bleak, buffalo bleak. Buffalo bleak, buffalo bleak. Buffalo bleak, yeah. buffalo bleak. Yeah. See how that sounds? My puberty and buffalo Buffalo was bleak. Was bleak. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of weird, like, what? Considering it's the time period. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's and I and I like that it's so shocking for the time period. And it's sort of like, you know, I like that it's trying to do, you know, it's it's trying to make... Uh, break out a little bit from the, the do- it's trying yeah period, exactly yeah. it's it's trying to like make the doctor strange love of doris day movies 
and it, it comes <laughs> it comes pretty close to doing it. It comes pretty close to pulling it off. Right. All right. Okay. So uh, so basically now she's basically writing a novel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but God, there's something that happened. Yep. And and the guy who plays the, the ghostwriter, I feel like they got him for his physicality because once he once he shows that he doesn't really need the cane, but he's actually when he because when he's like super horny, suddenly he's j- jumping all around the place right. and doing backflips and whatever. And I'm just like, that's that's when he becomes funny. But he's also he's kind of uncooked bread before then. Like yes. uh, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just like. He's like he's he almost doughy. Yeah, he, yeah. He's just sort of like man. This is like you know. It's like it could be you know Roddy McDowell. It could be Vincent Price when he's young. It could be there's like a few directions they could have gone, and then they got this guy. And there's that's like again. This is the it's weird. My... It was like a great actress, and then B plus character actress. Yeah. yeah. What's I guess they ran out of money. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't have like they especially towards they've the back got some get, okay they've got some the the the, the star actress she's she's definitely the big star actress I think she's terrific the Agnes Agnes Gooch was fantastic yeah she's but, great you know the very specific great. yeah the friend is great yeah it's uh, great there's definitely great but, stuff galore uh, they're great I'm just saying in terms of known actors yeah yeah and it, it's like one great known actor. So they must have put all the money in the sets because the sets were S- sets are lavish, lavish. <clears throat> they got value out of it though. They kept, yeah, sure. Know, and the redresses are fantastic. They, they yeah, use that set over and over and over. And I gotta say the one I mean I've been hitting on the last half, the last the half of the film. Great. Her so. costumes in the last half of the film are fan fucking tastic. Yes. They're super super good. Her morning outfit is awesome. Her when she comes out of morning and she's like this you know, black she, but she, flash she, of purple she looks has, great. She had her her her, her pantsuit thing with mm-hmm. her crazy green dress. Yeah, she comes running down the stairs. Uh huh. She broke her ankle. Oh she shit! Did. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. She fell down, broke her ankle. They had to uh, they had to wait for her to heal to. That stinks! Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she's got this. She's got this awesome dress, which like from the back looks like this like almost wraparound ballroom thing but the front is just cut straight out and she's got like a pantsuit that's part of the dress oh. and it's like this sparkly pantsuit that like just it's like it looks like a the dress opened up and she's about to take the dress off for a costume change really really wild it's great it's a great look Fabulous. yeah she looks she looks yeah. great um but uh uh Okay, so so she is sort of enthralled with all this craziness that's going on. The uh, the, the the Irish guy is like <laughs> decides that he is completely in love with her and is like practically yeah, yeah. You know, raping her almost. And she's but she's what the fuck like, are you doing? Stop this! Brushing it off. Yeah, as, right. Oh, he's just yeah. And then of course at this point, yeah, Patsy he's like comes so in. raping my mama. <laughs> <laughs> But then he's basically explaining to her that he met a girl and it right. was love and and uh, you know etc. And he wants to, her to meet. She wants to uh, to introduce her. Right. But he's worried about the household because of all the craziness going right. on. The this is, this is for upstairs. me like this is the last great scene with them is on the stairs where right. after all this sort of slapsticky stuff and then she's just like he's he basically says you know you. You embarrass me. That's why I yeah, haven't right. brought her by. And then, and she's like, and it, maybe I'm embarrassed because you've turned into a fucking 
conservative Monster. dickhead. <laughs> she said it. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like uh, I, I don't want to show my girlfriend all of that. It's like, should I not tell her that I think you've turned into a complete monster? Yeah, it's really. It's <laughs> and so, she really. She really sells she, it. And you're like, oh, she really no. sells it. like, oh, shit. And oh, then like, shit. It's only he seconds walks later. He, yeah, he, like, he walks away. He walks away. And she's like, she regrets having told him this because she knows that she's going to lose him. Right. And she immediately turns around and says, forget it. I'll renounce, you know, everything. I'll pretend I'm the complete yeah. conservative. I will do everything because I love you so much. Yeah, and, and it's very it. touching. It's a very you, touching little you bit. You believe it, and he's like, will you really? And he's like, great. Now I can bring her by, right? Yeah. Great, I'll abuse that. <laughs> I'll abuse that. At which point she brings she brings by uh, – oh, right. And so this is the pinnacle thing because basically what happened is that they, they need to go to a, a meme and the Irish guy need to go to a party, Right. And uh, he said, "They, this, uh, she says no, and takes bring sets her up with Agnes to go to the party, right? And he goes, I'm not going with Agnes. And then she totally does up Agnes into the, you know, little makeover session, which is hilarious. He's like, oh my God, how is Agnes going to show up? And of course, Agnes shows up. The, the, her, her and the Dr. Pepper was cracking me. I don't know what was. <laughs> that was very funny. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and there's, and I, lo- I love the lines <laughs> when she's trying to get her. It's like, oh my god, Agnes, you've got a bust, and she's like squeezing her so she can get the sweater so she can see that she's right. got actual boobs right. under there. Yeah. And it's like oh. she's feeling like abused. It's very funny, right? Yeah. And he's like, what do you call those? Like orthopedic Oxfords. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like, good. It's really funny. And so finally, they do this big makeover situation for her. Agnes comes down. She definitely looks. Uh, let's just say acceptable in some ways. Yeah, she I mean, so they, they make her look so like crumpled up and bad to begin with that you know after the sure. after they dress her up like you're just like okay she looks like a human. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but but I also I love the fact that you know she's without her glasses and she can't see and so right. she's like doing this little blind thing and walking down the staircase in this awkward dress, but then she ends up going with uh with the Irishman uh out the door. Uh, and of course, just as the new girlfriend arrives. Now the girlfriend arrives and she is about as preppy as it gets, blonde thing. She's got a serious, serious case of Long Island lockjaw. If you don't know what that is, that is basically when you talk when your teeth clench together and yeah, it's like she's a fucking <laughs> like sure. snotty, holier than thou, preppy. Yeah. Jerk and a racist. And a racist. And a racist. Yeah, you know, she's like, a she's a uh, repugnant character from the get go. Immediately, Nameless sounds like oh, like it's it is. And this is where the movie like struggles a bit because like you have an actor playing the kid now, who it's like if you had replaced if you had like young Haley Joel Osment turned into Zac Efron maybe, and you're like, <laughs> eh, I guess, and then. Yeah. He's like, hey, I brought my girlfriend home, and she's Hitler. And you're like, so you fell in love with Hitler, and I'm supposed to like you now? Well, <laughs> it's just, it's I just, just ugly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Hitler. I was sitting more Eva Braun. Eva Braun. Like, the thing is, like, there's, part of the problem is that I'll get back on board with him, except that I can't imagine why he likes her. Like, she's so unlikable. Like from the get go, well, like there's there's very little for me to grab. Right. Where I'm just like, why would the fuck? Like, what well, am I supposed to believe is left true. of you it's if you hard, like her? It's, it is true that basically, uh, it's hard to believe that someone who grew up with Maine, yeah. under all the values and things that she does, would 
get to be that shallow. Right. Like there has to be, so, if you, like, if you're really it, like, man, this, none of this is to say this is bad, but this is very good. Many, uh, but like the, the thing that it's hard to thread, right. Is in growing up with Mame, you also have to sort of set up this idea that he's afraid of change because it also made him very sad because he lost her for many years. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they kind of blow it on that because they don't do the Beauregard story very well. And so you never really get that feeling of loss and loneliness. Well, they on make little it boys. as a joke. Yeah. They make it as a joke and they do. And so you don't have like the button scene of like right. him feeling like I have lost her. Things are unstable. And I essentially blame her flightiness that I would grow up and be attracted to someone who's the I think the opposite. thing is, is that a lot of the characters were just kind of cliche yeah. or, um, they were they, all very cliche. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, you then, can have it be cliche, but, but you need then, to have these little touches that. that yeah, that because then everybody else, when you want to get the seriousness of of the main characters, it just see, they're like floating out in an island. Yeah, and yeah. that was the problem where it just doesn't. You never was, you never get to reconnect or feel uh, like emotionally reconnected with the little kid, and uh, like where you just go, oh, he's actually she's kind of blowing him off, and it really hurts him, and that's why he. Uh, looks for someone who's extremely conservative and very staid, and he's excusing all the worst traits of this woman well, because no. he wants stability. Is it, I I think what they try to explain is that basically because she was absent, he was being raised by the other guy, the conservative. Right. Guy. Yeah. Which is which is just I don't know. Like that's kind of, that's a little bit of a hard sell because like, because because he was basically set up right with this girl. From that other guy, the uncle. But, right? Yeah, I, th- I think I totally. I, yeah, I think you're exactly right. It just doesn't like because we're not it, getting that story from the boy. Like right. you don't get the emotional transition with him. Then he never, it did, he never does the. He never does this thing where he gets upset at her and saying you weren't around. Yeah, right? exactly. He, That's he exactly the scene it needs. That's it the needs scene that it needs. scene. It's like right. you weren't around, so of course I was. With, they, if they if they fucking if they had just that little bit, then as soon as Ava Braun shows up, I'd be like, well, I understand. You know, like, yes. See what happens when you go away? I fucking marry Hitler. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Great. Your girlfriend's Hitler. (laughs) But yeah, so this is like, to bring up another thing, I don't, I've only seen it once, so I don't know if there's anything to this, but like, there's definitely a very strange, larger Euro, European, uh, World War II theme going on in this movie. Like they don't talk about the war, though. Yeah, they don't talk about the war, but then there's a lot of like, I don't know how to say it. It's sort of like the uh, the way they show America and the rest of the world, and then they come back to deal with the girlfriend's parents, who are really like, and they're they're like they're over the top. No, they are. Yeah, they're painfully over the top. But like the like the whole I idea it of it is sort of like the, well, like I mean, these, I mean, listen at this point, if we if we, if I'm buying, you know. Uh, Agnes Gooch. I'm oh yeah, sure. Too. Like I think I think that it's <laughs> yeah. Like I don't think that they're bad. I think that they come close to wearing the gag out. Like I think that's the that's, that's my problem. They they're just like they really they ride the pedal on that one pretty hard. And like I just have I think that's more of the the, the comedy of the time has a lot of that stuff. That's why you Can have remind like remind you of people in Connecticut. Well uh, yeah well yeah sure yeah exactly. But like for me it's like I've seen I've seen enough Ruth Buzzy jokes to fucking last a lifetime, and I never want to see that. That that, uh, that fucking it's like because that's the same. I we just praised him in the last podcast, but I'm going to say the Jerry Lewis thread of comedy at this time is just like huge. it's it's like sand in my ah. teeth. Yeah, it's really really hard to deal with. These guys that. do it pretty well. 
Um, and I think that it works largely because Russell is there as our, like she hates them, you know, when we, when we see the scenes. And so at least I'm connecting well, with Russell. There's a, there's, okay. There's a couple of really good things that, that mm-hmm. in that. Okay. So seeing what basically she goes to visit the parents, right? Which is right. a little bit to meet the parents situation, right? And, um, the parents uh, have their house in the, uh, you know, in the, it's pretty much a house in Long Island that, mm-hmm. or Connecticut or. No, it's in Connecticut. Like it's yeah. just Connecticut. past Westport. Connecticut. Right. Where is it supposed to be here? Just past Westport. Okay. So it's supposed to be in Connecticut and they have, you know, they're trying to make it look very authentic colonial. And it's, it's what I love about this is it is 1958 and that bullshit that we do now with real estate to try to make things look like what they're not. Yeah. Still do. (laughs) Same thing. Like, like people literally build brand new houses to look like colonial Mediterranean houses. Brand new. Gross. Like, come on. Like this is the problem I have with, you know, architecture in the United States. It's like, we just can't get over ourselves. Some of these houses are almost 50 years old. Is that from LA story? (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah, like the the whole McMansion thing, uh, that the the entire like that felt very McMansion to me. Like that, yeah. like their setup it was very funny. But they also was like eating on a patio. It was like we don't want to see like a bunch of Bohemians or or, 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 or gypsies or something like that because yeah. they're having things on a patio, and it was just kind of kind and, of funny. Yeah, and so like that, like her the girlfriend's parents are atrocious, and like yes. I do like you know like especially they become so invasive into the space. Like well. Yes, they're like yes. they are basically. There's like a main sandwich going on at the end, yeah, and you can literally. see she's like, "What the fuck is going on with these people? <laughs> this is gross." Well, she said, "She says," and then they're like, "You do you know you, we know Mame, and she has ridiculous parties, right?" Uh, and like at one point in the beginning of the story, for example, there's a gag where like she's had thirteen cocktail parties in the last two weeks. And yeah, thirteen. He goes, "Yeah, one day the bootlegger wasn't available." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, which is kind of funny, but anyway, uh, um, the uh, they she makes her uh, cocktail, which is like a daiquiri, which is because there's no there's no sugar in it. And goes, Ugh. you can tell how she just disguises it. Like, yeah, she's like, uh, like the despises nasty. It. It's like, oh, how's it so? I wonder sweet. what it could be. Yeah, and secret? Goes, it's secret again, but you're practically family. It's I mean, and he does this in very creepy it's way. It's so lewd. Like, yeah. everything is so, like, he is, like, that actor is so, like, he's, like, well, this he's weird. To do it. He's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not picking on the actor. The, like, the, the character. Yes, you are. And he the, like, that uncle. motherfucker. Yeah, like, no, the, the, uh, the actor is, like, he, like he, he turns it into some, like, weird sex gag, you know? And you're just, like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? He's, like, it's <laughs> Is that a word for something else, bro? What are you talking about? (laughs) Like, what is happening here? You know, they're so they're they're just hideous pigs, but the both of them are just hideous pigs. And then they start talking about the Jews. (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. They double down pretty quick. The important thing is, like, they they talk about everything, and then he says, "Let's talk about their wedding present, right?" Right. And she says, and she looks at him and goes, "How about that?" And he points at this empty lot across uh across them and he, go, and he goes the backyard how, how, right. about, how about he's like it's up for sale and uh we want to buy it 
uh, and uh, and then uh, we should do that. He says they could just live right here, and they can put their patio right up to ours. And he goes, oh, you wouldn't be so much losing a daughter, but gaining a patio. Gaining a awesome. patio—that's a great line. That's, that's a great a, line. Such a good line. It's not so much losing a daughter, but gaining a patio. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical. It's such a good line. Right. And then he's he, he's like he's like yeah, you know, it's like there's some other people are trying to you know. The Epstein's, and he's like, "Uh," I was like, "Oh, the cellist," and she's like, "No, no, no." It's like you know, it's segregated up to here, but not up yes, to there. It's restricted. It's restricted. Restricted, yes. restricted up to here, but not up there. And he's like, and she's like, "Huh?" And she starts putting it all together, and she goes, hmm. and she does really great things. Like you've thought of everything, thought of that press, and you, and she says, "You will just split it fifty-fifty in terms of the land." And he goes, "You've thought of everything for them: wedding, everything, uh, even their gift." <laughs> yeah, you've you know? planned out my son's life. You've planned, planned out, out blah, blah, blah. And you, you've it's all gift. planned out. And then it's like, mm-hmm. and so she starts really sort of pondering. And it's like, well, do a, how about we come to my house? We'll do a little family gathering. Yeah, right. And she's like, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Mame style. Mame style. Yeah. Right? And, and so, uh, so yeah, so so that's, so this, at this point, we're, we're, we're sort of <laughs> going around the bend to the end of the movie. Yes. But uh, at this point, uh, we see uh, – uh, uh, so she decides she's going to plan a celebrity party, which, of course, is the big uh, crescendo. How is the, the conflict between her uh, uh, between her and Patrick are, have to come to a resolution, right? So a lot of people, close family members are going to be uh, – are going to be showing up to this party. So who is there? But, of course, Agnes is there. Who is now very pregnant because we found out after she went to the party uh, with the Irish guy, she came back. She doesn't remember anything, but she thinks she went to a movie where Gary Cooper was in a wedding uh, and a bunch of things happened. But it turns out that Agnes got pregnant. <laughs> yes. And so, which right. is, yeah, about for, for the time period, completely horrifying that a yes. woman would be a unwed mother yeah, situation, right? Really so terrible. Agnes is walking around pregnant, and of course, Mame has t- taken her in, but because she's pregnant, and kind of eccentric. She has a new secretary who's, of course, very attractive. Yes, like a comparatively normal person <laughs> who fits the Kendall son that she has. And yes. as you can see, like the moment she shows up, you're like, like okay, uh, that's okay. where that goes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. That's where we're going to start. Strange, strange but true. That guy right, who played the son later, mm-hmm. yeah. by the time he meets that girl, I swear, I'm not kidding, my junior year in high school, my roommate looked exactly like that oh wow like, oh my god that's chris i i was like holy christ he looked like that exactly and he was from long island yeah very yeah. very focus valley yeah that that, yeah. that dude and like it was Good just guy, like but i just I, sure. I was like that looks like <laughs> i mean to the t it's right. really odd he's, like, like, he's just a classic 50s uh yeah. tv guy yeah exactly that's yeah. that's the look and like it, and then the scene in the final scene where the party happens, like he's like stone cold hitting on the secretary, even before anything goes wrong. Yeah. You know, he's just like, Oh, let me help you on that ladder, climbs up right behind the woman on the ladder and basically presses himself against her. <laughs> I'm like, that's a little weird, bro. <laughs> like this is some strange. Aren't you engaged? Yeah, exactly. His his fiance is literally in the same shot. I'm looking at like I don't know for any petrol. Yeah. Uh yeah. Very strange. Uh, okay, so uh, of course now the house has been completely redecorated again for the final scene mm-hmm. by a new decorator, you, you or something like that. 
Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the Swedish name or something. It's the Swedish name. Right. So it's supposed to be like a uber mid-century, like to right. the extreme mid-century. And it's got all this strange uh, mid-century stuff everywhere. And strange sculptures and everything else. Uh, which, you know, to the uh, conservative Long Island or Connecticut parents who like to have all their colonial stuff around is a little bit extreme modern, right? Right. Uh, at the time. So, um, so anyway, besides the parents and the banker that shows up as well at the thing and the, and the daughter. Uh, Don't you see the up. way they constructed all those scenes was like stage? Oh, I mean, 100%. It was just like the, everybody was, had their beat and circled around and. Then oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's built crack. as a stage. Like yeah. that. It's, yeah. yeah. It's built basically as a stage. It's like everyone's like, there's levels to the, you know, to the stage itself. So everyone could be sort of like on different heights and man- manage all that blocking wise. I mean like this, that's, I totally agree. Like this, they, I feel like they either had begun this as a stage play or did like pre-pro thinking that they might do a stage play. And then, uh, and then they're like, well, no, we can just film this. It's going to be great. And, or we're going to go right into Broadway after this and we'll just use all of this stuff. They went right into Broadway. And yeah. Performed yeah. it 650 times. That's insane. But there's yeah. no way they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, that is oh, a absolutely. Broadway stage. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so after, uh, uh, so, uh, the other people who show up on her side is, of course, uh, Agnes Gooch, uh, who's very pregnant. Um, uh, her 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 friend, obviously Vera, the the other uh, actress. Her other friend, who is a publisher, who is the one who is going to help her get a book published, uh, and uh, of course the, uh, the the maid and uh, the butler, and uh, oh the the teacher, right, right. Um, and so uh, as they're trying to. They're all trying to uh, figure out, you know, how everything's going on. There's a lot of hijinks that are going on, right? So the, it's the a hijink-centric scene, yes. The, the, it's a little bit over the top, but quite funny if you've gone through it. And it's, by the way, like I said, this is two and a half hours, this film. This is a long film. Yeah, it's it epic. is a long-ass film. It's, a, it's yeah. an epic film, yeah. And so as you get to the end, there, she's, they're trying to sit down on these chairs, which are way too low. Everyone's kind of like having this physical comedy of them collapsing on chairs. She tells them, oh, no, the chairs, they change height. And she has all these like ropes. hydraulics that lift Hydraulic. the chairs up, and it's like lift it, lift the chairs up, like like almost you know, 15 like a car. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna fix like your car. Way too high. Yeah, uh, and then the sort of uh, all of the, the craziness going on, and then uh, the the publisher comes by and says, "Ah, oh, we're going to publish your book. Your book is being published." And she's so excited and goes, "Get all your chapters here!" And everyone starts reading stories of book of of their, their lives or their parts in it right? from Mim's life that from you read Mim's it. life right. right and uh you know uh, patrick is remembering the time at christmas when they were really poor and sort of brings that up again which was a good thing to bring up because that was a very emotional part for him. yeah it, it, it pulls the movie back together a little bit and, and it also helps. makes him sort of center him like oh shit this is what I'm missing out mm-hmm. with this other family who is extraordinarily shallow. Doesn't it take you out of the reality when you're trying to get those emotional beats and, you know, like all the hijinks is going on at the but, same time. Hold on. <laughs> What's this? And all the hijinks is going on at the no, same no, no. time. It, that you like in the part where I lost all my money. I'm poor. I gotta go. I have to go get a job. Meanwhile, she'll come in and she still has the, the butler, and 
Yes. The nanny. It's like, well, who's paying their salary if you're going to work? <laughs> well, they explained it. They they decided to go without a salary. Yeah, they're they're living because they're they're family now, so they're all they're all helping each other okay. out. That's right. All right. That takes you out. That's not as believable. I, as, as, yeah, I, I mentioned yeah. that earlier when we talked about that scene. So. Yeah, like I think that these, I think that there's. That's, a, I guess that, pardon me, if I, that's the problem I had with the film is that I know the setup and and it's a good feel good. It just there was a there was a big discrepancy between. Um, well, it was just uneven. Like it was uneven. It was, it was uneven. between like following the emotional beats of her and her caring for the the boy, right? And then this kind of like not real world, or I'm not paying attention to the real world, right? And then the people in that world's actions were very like, uh, like trying to get it compress as much about them and their faults or whatever into just one, you know, like grabbing for the cook. Oh, he's trying to grab for the, the, you know, the candy, the guy that came from the bank. Right. right. It was just like, it was, it was a juxtaposition of like a hijinks kind of goofy comedy play and an emotional story of a, a woman who takes in a boy. I think I, what I, you're right, and that is definitely true. What I think is amazing is how she pulls that off because well, yeah, it was she, all her. In the same, yeah, in the same shot, she can go yeah. from hijinks to change her facial expression yeah. to express a very emotional thing just through her face. Well, yeah, because like the, the the best I can compare it to in another movie is uh, Chaplin in uh, The Great Dictator. Yeah, like uh, it's like a good, good way. It, to put yeah, it. it's like because like he is. Like the movie is going like from hard slapstick to real poignancy, like back and forth, depending upon what the scene needs. And like the only one who can do it is him. Like there's just nobody else who's even in his league at all. And uh, and when you get to the end of The Great Dictator and he gives that incredibly stirring speech about, you know, like the world coming together, like you're just like, how the fuck did we get here from yeah. the, in- the insanity, like insane silly goofiness that we were seeing? Just minutes ago, you know, right. and uh, and so she's on the same same level, you know, right. uh, and uh, but even but even then, like if you look at uh, Chaplin, like uh, one of my favorite Chaplin movies, uh, nobody likes this one, but like um, is uh, 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 Monsieur Verdot, and uh, and the like the only thing wrong with that is what's her face playing his love interest that he's going to murder is she just plays her annoying card too hard. And uh, you can see him sort of struggling to the pull the movie. Yeah, it's just like don't fucking hammer that quite. And like, I, I really feel like that is just a. That's just a, it's like how when you look back at like '90s comedies, you can see like, geez, we really let those actors fucking. Uh, Imagine if it had the baseline from Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. Bow, bow. <laughs> it's like, was... like if you put that into Yeah, exactly. It's like the the power of a great character actor to hold shit together. Like there are it's, very it's few hard. people like fucking Rosalind Russell. Like she is such, I a, think they spent all the money on her and the yeah, sets and just she get is everybody super else heroic scale. in this movie. And, uh, and the movie, like the movie overall is pretty good. And she is giving this like heroic a plus performance. Like you're just like, Holy shit. She is like Superman in this thing. Uh, and then, yeah. and everyone else is trying to keep up with her. And if they just spent more money on it, like imagine if this were a jacked cast, they, they had like the, the, yeah, the, but the top they, the top. They, they, I almost think that they would do, do each other, try to do each well, other. Well, yeah, it's, it's a great point because like you, what you really need are people like the one who plays the friend who obviously is like, I know how to work with Rosalind Russell. No, the, the, the guys, 
that she falls in love with. Right. Yeah. That would have been the best if yeah. they just gave it to somebody who. Oh yeah, that's like, what I mean. It's like give give that to give that to someone who's as good as her acting friend. Just to like, be the southern wealthy Just to guy. be the southern, like then it's a then the whole then thing James is justified. James Mason to play that writer. Oh my God! Yeah, Mason, Mason, Mason. James Mason comes James in Mason just to, to, be, to be the James the, Mason as the writer, and you kind of like top. Well, you would fall smug, you know, sort of like uh, aloof. Oh my God, handsome, believably too big a star. Too big a star. Yeah, but someone, no, someone but along just those for that moment. So it, it, her world is not real, but real. And it you need you need cool someone who has the ability. Like, and I think that like the only trouble with the movie really is that there's only one or two a- uh, actors in the movie who have the, I think, the, the I think incredible the, skill that she does. The older, the older Patrick was a bit problematic, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, he's but, just like a fucking beach blanket bingo guy. Like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. The, that's just what goes. Which you know. is what he's supposed to become, but he never comes out of it. That's the problem. Yeah, but I mean, like if you would, yeah, he exactly. never, he never exactly. really comes out of it because he does, like you know, spoiler alert, we're getting to the end. Of the movie. He does eventually dump the girl, and yeah, and he tells her that. what for, and you know, right. does all the right but things. But he's not, he's not. I don't buy him as yeah. the he's not the young boy. Around. Yeah, yeah. That he was I mean, before. if you if he had if you have the scene that you described, you know, where he is honestly sorrowful that she's gone you know uh and then you have like you cast him with someone like not not actually but someone like young paul newman yeah before he was famous where you just you want to forgive that guy like robert redford or yeah like young robert redford you just like and actually young robert redford is perfect because he was in roles just like this dude right where he's just like the super handsome instantly likable person and uh and you see him you just go like i don't know what it is about that guy but i just want to love him and so all he has to do is go like i'm so sorry ma'am and you go like you're forgiven it's all good you're so handsome look at you <laughs> but yeah it's you know like they still they still pull it off she pulls it off 100 percent, right. and she's got uh, the gooch with her so like there's there's a lot to root for in the end it's still it's still it still plays it still works the gooch <laughs> He's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, so basically, uh, you know, the, the 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 family is horrified, right, mm-hmm. uh, by the situation. There's a great little sort of confrontation between the Gooch and the the, the parents. Mm-hmm. It's like, where is Mister Gooch? And he goes, Oh, my father died years ago. No, I mean your husband. And then she starts crying. Right. Nah, right. You know, and it's like, oh crap, she's unwed. She's an unwed mother. And they're like, what's going on here? This is the drama, 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 right? Which is exactly what Mame wants. She wants them to be all be horrified mm-hmm. by all this stuff. Uh, she brings, she brings the, his high school teacher or his, 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 you know, old teacher. And that he's like, oh God, this is horrifying, right? Um, find out that, you know, she finds out that she, uh, oh, and uh, get a telegram from the, uh, from the Irish guy saying that because the book is being published, he wants half the money because he wrote half the book, right? And then he goes, I expect that for me and my bride, uh, Agnes, right. and his last name, and they're like, oh my God, I'm married. She realizes she's been married the whole time. She just didn't remember it because she right. was passed out when she got married, um, which is also kind of weird and hilarious at the same time. And then also then there basically there's a scene where they're all reading the book and uh the 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 the, the fiance sings like, Well you can write a book about what happened to me and they're like, What? And she starts telling the story about how she dropped. This is one of my favorite bits in the movie, by the way. Her yeah. like there's nothing funnier to me than the cringy person you hate can't tell a joke scene. 
And she's like this long story that's not funny at all. And everyone's like, she keeps looking back at everybody like following. Are you following? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, and that's the punchline. And everyone's like completely confused. And then right. so she keeps talking to cover. And just like, oh my God, it's fucking. She basically talks about how she's playing table tennis and they were in a tournament and then she like stepped on ball and that was just ghastly. And what's funny is that scene is so awkward and you're like, Oh, uh, all, <laughs> all just trying to like, what is going on? Yeah, you yeah. know, as they're talking about these crazy stories from Mame, and she's talking about how she stepped on a ping pong ball, right? So, what's funny about it, me, is that they use that exact line as an intro to a scene in uh, 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 trading places, uh, trading places, <laughs> stepped on ping pong ball because <laughs> they want when he want when he walks in trading places when he's wearing that crazy outfit that he got from her and he's trying right. to get money from his friends from the club right and he walks in and he goes and she stepped on the ball is what they say <laughs> the in guy. trading places that's which funny. is what they stole from auntie Nate. that's so, really funny so that's if you really look funny. at if you look at a lot of those characters in trading places they were obviously modeled after those characters oh for sure right? yeah yeah exactly right? the same same buffy, snobby right? little white buffy people, well it's right? it's like the yeah. Yeah, she she is like that. The actor who play, I, I actually think the actress who plays uh, the girlfriend is quite good, and she really, really nails the role. She's she nails utterly it. hateable. Uh, and watching her like burn alive in a vat of acid of telling this terrible joke <laughs> or telling this terrible story, you're just like everyone's like, please please release us from this shame. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, it's just incredible. It's just a great, great gag. Great scene. And it reminds me of, there's a great uh, bit in, uh, what do you call it? Uh, la, la. So I married an ax murderer when right. he's out on a date. Oh, yeah, yeah, date. Oh, yeah, the other girl, the, the other girl. Like, it's just like, you have these two best buddies and you have, a, um, you know, Mike Myers girlfriend, super cool. We like her. And Nancy, right. uh, I can't remember the actor's name. She's would really you funny. rather, yeah. or and they're all discovering these really funny, disgusting. Would you rather eat this or this thing? And they're hysterically funny. And then the, it goes, it goes to the other girlfriend and she's like, or eat, no, or, or get electrocuted. Oh yeah, yeah, and then and then he got <laughs> electrocuted, and everyone's like, "Huh, huh, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my god, oh my god! Yeah, it's it's, like, it's I've been in so many situations exactly like this where you're just like, "Oh, we now have to pretend like this is amazing." Yeah, it's perfect. Well, they so do she's that. Great. They she's do, great. 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 They do that, and then obviously, you know, you can see this obvious flirting with the secretary who's laughing at the whole situation. Right. Blah blah blah. Ends in big hijinks. They say, we're never going to... Oh, right. The big punchline to the whole thing is that she... Uh, they said, uh, you know, what's happening with the money from the book? Because I'm taking all the money from the book and I'm donating it to the, the Epsteins. The Epsteins. Yeah. And they're like, what? And they're like, yes, you know, they're going to buy that property. Uh, it's like, you're going to let them live next door to us? It's like, no, no, they're not living up. They're going to turn it into a, a place for uh, refugee Jewish, Jewish children. children. <laughs> <laughs> From Europe. And they're just horrified yeah, by yeah, this. Amazing. And so that's very, very funny. Yeah. And of course, that's the, the cherry on top of them walking out horrified about what's going on in his family and the wings off. And of course, the banker, Mr. Bobcock or whatever. Is uh is is just like oh I can't believe you did this man etc. If you yeah. think Bobcock is the, is the funniest name in the whole entire thing, the name of the estate of uh, the Texan oil man 
is Peckerwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is also very funny. Peckerwood. Uh, oh, here's the, here's the, here's the all right. And so the name, their, their name is Upson. Right? Yes. Uh, and so they called their, their house, the ups and downs. Ups and downs. And they're like, yeah. very clever. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then he comes into the, he's like, I just thought of this hilarious joke on my way up the elevator to see you. What does an elevator man and our house have in common? Uh, they both have their ups and downs. Yeah, dude, and this guy. Like, oh, and he was God. like, get it, get it. And I was like, oh, God. This guy is essentially uh, Rodney Dangerfield's Rupert Pupkin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're yes. just like oh god <laughs> yes. every time he talks you're like oh jesus christ he's a, and like i said these guys are doing a good the bang up job for the type of comedy it is. well they're like, they're, they're supposed to be awkward and yeah no they're, yeah. they're actually doing it right and uh, and i don't mean to ride like i think that they're, they're you are you're making yeah, fun like, of them i think dead, that the, so they can't defend themselves i i think that they That's should so be imprisoned but i mean outside of that like they like they i think they're doing a good job they do it correctly she's rosalind russell's you know, uh, dealing with it well, and that, that's that, the strain. In, in that, it's all, that, it's all good. In that final scene, they're doing a good job of making it feel yeah awkward. Yeah. The fiance is we really get the elevate of she is about as dull as dishwater, yeah. and she is a horrible, and just her accent is just nerve wracking, right? Super entitled, awful person. The yeah. gooch, the gooch is hilarious physical comedy as mm-hmm. she's not only playing someone that's very awkward and ridiculous but also because she's playing up her pregnancy quite a bit and is laying down on the stairs reading the script which is right. very funny yeah that's that is the, that's the stuff that i was talking about that's peter sellersy like he's it's just so like, funny he just it's so funny. the joke it, it's, nobody else knows what to do until the joke's over it's just really really funny he's very very good at that uh the 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 kid patrick and the other woman are I'm not buying it, but yeah, no, no, zero. Like they, but, they, but, the, the the two of them look like um, they they look like red shirts on Star Trek. Like we, <laughs> we're just like okay, well, we need what, to fill out the room. Wife? Yeah, like they're they're both. Yeah. They're, they're, yes, they're they're non actors that you put costumes on and stick in the back of the the, right. the shot, uh, and they're 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 bad. They're bad. He's very he's bad. She doesn't have any chemistry with him. And uh but you go like fuck it, who cares? Man's happy, <laughs> you know, right. like everything good is happening the way it should, so it's all fine. Right. And so of course now you cut forward, there's yet a f- another redecorating of the house. She uh she it, it's now Not all done in a budget. It's like yeah, it's insane. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's all done in a very um uh, uh Indian style yeah. house. She is obsessed with India, she just you know goes there all the time. And of course, now we skip forward in time, and uh, she has gray hair. Patrick and the woman, the, the her secretary, are married, and they have a kid. And the kid is about the age of what he was when he first met her. Right, right. Which is so she now has the young Patrick again that she can start educating. And so she, there's a very much a mirror scene here where she is walking around with him talking to him about all the wonderful things in India and he's just all the beautiful things you'll see in your life and you won't believe all this. And then she's saying, I'm going back to India and uh, I would, he says, I will, you know, you can, why don't you come with me? And and then he asks her parents because we can't do that. And and then he yells at his parents, his life is a banquet and most suckers are, you know, basically reflects back that line. 
to his parents and the parents are just like, all right, fine, you can do it. But he has to be back for school, you know, before Labor Day. Right. Of course, Labor Day, sometime in November, right? And <laughs> she is, she is completely, she's, she's, she's got this genuine look of like, I have my Patrick back and right. I can do all these wonderful things with him. And it's a wonderful, wonderful scene. Uh, the little, the, the new little boy is actually really good too. Like yeah, he's, he's very believable yeah, as yeah. someone who's completely lost yeah, he, his, he his works, great aunt. That, that play is great. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, Mame is amazing. So, yeah. And like, so, so that's her. She gets her Patrick back. The, the dishwater, uh, uh, parents go off. And so she gets to do that. And that's the end of the movie. There you go. And it does nice little it dissolve out and stage you dissolve out at the right. end. And there you go. And they have a little animated the end. And right. it's, yeah, it's just a, it's just a really, like overall, it's a really genuine good movie. I agree with its message. And I think like it's a good, like <laughs> it's amazing that to me that this is a movie about like you know waking yourself up get out of the fucking conservative bullshit mindset you're in and and really in 58 in 58 right yeah and and it's awesome so like it's delivering good because message for was, there was a lot of very conservative it's 100 percent a conservative time like super right. conservative right um and it's trying to shake the 50s out of that and i really appreciate that and what i think is really funny I brought up before is like this is something that would be shocking today it's because we are very much in a new fifties. You think so? I definitely think so. Yeah. Like we are, yeah, we are very progressive. Yeah, we are. Like it's, it is. It's amazing to me how even, like, even, even progressive Democrats people are having are a hard time. Control. No, no that's one. The, the the ones who are like I, I'm not going to even talk about the Republicans. The Republicans are all they're off the deep end. Idiots. Yeah, but the but like but people that consider themselves progressive are insanely conservative. Like they're they're like warmongers. Well, they're just you know like these are socially no, 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 no. bullying. They, 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 yeah, they, you know, they, very they, very conservative. Like trying to control how other people act around them. Like a lot of it. censorship. Yeah, yeah, like like and especially when I'm on tw- film Twitter, I'm just like I can't believe the fucking debates I'm in on this stuff. Like when people are like actively trying to make things into fifties films, essentially. Yeah, I'm look like, at the like, Joker. What they're complaining about the Joker. Yeah, exactly. The Joker is not even that good. Which, yeah, it's just like yeah, it's just a fucking superhero movie. Like, there's nothing even to get mad about. And you're complaining about it, like it's right. gonna and don't like, go see it. Exactly. I'm just like, what, how how little no, do you trust people? They're complaining about how it's gonna be like. Yeah, you right. don't trust people. Like, I mean, like, I if you want to get into the dialogue of her, like whether I something like the Joker, like the Joker is like I I buy that it's irresponsible in that like they're basically just riffing the king of comedy without really understanding what the king of comedy is there is about. Yeah. Right. I know. And so like, I, I think that, you know, if you're going to, like, I always say like, you know, go as far as you want to go, man. You, like you make 120 days of Sodom. You know I me, mean? you make, uh, you make clockwork orange. Like there's, there's no limit. There's no upper limit on, but there are on there offense are mov- to me. There are movies that get made like that. It's just that they don't get wide distribution, right? Like under sure. the skin got made. Sure, exactly. Which is a really right. challenging movie. Exactly, it's a really great film. So, um, so the, those films do get made. It's just that they they, the, they don't have wide release because. Right. What if you try to pitch, go around town, and just pitch a musical kind of like La La Land, but mm-hmm. about Idi Amin? <laughs> I would watch you that. Just did that. It'd be hysterically funny. It's like you yes, know, <laughs> exactly. It's like, called All My Friends. It's yes, oh, that exactly. sounds great. What is it? Let's have a bite. It's okay. Picture but, this: Edia means Edia mean. <laughs> right? The like the horn startup. Yeah, like I think that like that's the that's the kind of that's the kind of thing where it's like I I think right now like in that I've been in many many conversations on Twitter they did, about they did they did do that by the way. 
Mm-hmm. They did that. It was uh, called the producers. Yeah, exactly. The pro- you couldn't you couldn't make the producers today, which is a full on anti Nazi movie made yeah. by people who are Jewish. Like, and but that was that, that was Mel utterly... Brooks' Brooks's whole thing. It's like yes. the best way to fight Nazis it's is to, to make fucking fun make of fun of what idiots they are. Like right, this right. is like and he did it. He did it many times. I mean, yes. he did it in uh, what, what's the uh, to be or not to be too. Uh, to have an, uh, to uh, not to have and have not what's to called. be or not to be to be or not to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he's like this. Like Mel Brooks is is a is a stone cold genius and one of the great filmmakers of all time. You know, uh, but to, that we've come to a place where it's embarrassing to talk about these movies. I'm like, what are you embarrassed about? How anti racist they are? Like how anti anti Nazi they, they are? That's not <laughs> like this is yeah. what these things are saying. You know, but uh, but the way they're saying it is not that's not appropriate. Of, Appropriate. Ah, yes. We should. We should appropriately fight the Nazis. <laughs> like we should appropriately fight racism. Yeah. Like this. I mean, it's just. It's that's the fucking. Uh, well, I don't know. Kind listen, of attitude. Listen, just like, I'm going to put man. it this way. We are. We are in a situation now, where we refer to people that are against fascism mm-hmm. as the enemy. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. This is Antifa weird. Yeah. is referred to as a terrorist group. Yeah, this is super weird. People who are against fascism yes. are referred well, to as terrorists. I, I'm like I'm sorry. My great grandfather fought the fucking Nazis yes. hardcore. My, my, is he an, my your father, father fought the your Nazis. father, yes. right? And, and <laughs> yes. they are anti fa. Yeah, that's the real <laughs> they deal. Would be considered that's ridiculous that, that we're deal. at that situation. I mean, like, I think that this, like, there's no better. It's just like, like when I think about, uh, like, I think about the American Nazi Party uh, in the same way that the I think of it from Nazi. the Blues Brothers. Yes, I'm just yes, like, yes. you guys are fucking morons. Like, like the, America is so is is famous for a few things, but in the top five is handing the Nazis their ass. Like that is definitely one of the high watermarks of like American go go go, and you guys think it's pro America <laughs> to be Nazi? This is weird. <laughs> like that's very strange. But the thing is, I mean, like that kind of isolate isolation and uh, arch uh, idiot bubble is only one of many that I see on Twitter all the time, film Twitter especially, where people are talking about these things and trying to control other people's feelings about art so thoroughly so that they feel safe i'm just like as eric said like just don't fucking watch the movie dude like what's your problem you don't have to you don't have to shame other people into not watching the movie for you like well i don't understand what like what kind of control does this give you you know and so like when it's seeing something like anti-mame i'm just like oh man what i wouldn't give for a fucking rosalind russell performance in a major motion picture something that really really shook people up would be would be wonderful um and I I just don't think any anything like that is coming soon because like we got plenty of superhero movies to go. <laughs> yeah. We got lots of that shit to go first. You know, and that's just the way things are right now. So you just have to ride yeah. it out. But like the like the the good thing is, and we always talk about it, is that as locked down and cramped up as things are, that just means it's going to explode at some point in a positive artistic way. I hope so. Yeah. Like that's what happens. It happens I, I don't, cyclically. I, don't, I just I can't wait for it to happen. It's yes. just it's been coming long time coming for the last twenty years. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a long it's a long because the thing is like I remember 
There's a fucking. That have been right in the last. There, there are twenty year olds that don't know anything different than what this is now. Oh, and they don't. They don't they understand. Don't yeah, it's they didn't understand that it can happen. Right. This and is so where we're you... raised into this for twenty. We have not made any ideological or artistic progress in it's, twenty years. It's been pretty slow. It's been pretty slow. So people that are twenty year old though, now like don't know anything yeah, different. It, like, Even thirty year olds don't know anything different. Right. And they don't know that things can – like think – I always bring it up all the time. Think about how different the world happened between the 1950s to the 1990s, right? I mean I'm talking like right there, that's like 40 years, right, mm-hmm. that, that happened. In 40 years, how many different – uh, genres and music and and and, and yeah. ideals and, and insane things that they had like massive cultural right. and and artistic changes that happened between those forty years. It's radical, radical. Yeah. Like just think and about the, the last, difference between the between 60s now, and the seventies, and between now and the eighties, or, or you know, there hasn't been much. In fact, all we keep doing is fucking trying to redo the eighties. Yeah, exactly. Do you think a, there's just like, too many choices now? No. No choices. I, I think that people like like there's there's a zillion choices that are all the same choice. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and cool. I think that people are very. It's like I was I watched um uh, some of Tim Burton's show Wednesday the uh, the yeah. new Adams Family show and I it's yeah I'm just like it's cute it's kind of funny like it's not bad I'm not gonna I'm not about to ride Wednesday and saying it's bad but I was just like it's interesting that they took something that's that was quite cutting edge you know when the comic was out the comics from the what. 40s, 50s, 50s, 40s and 50s, yeah. Right, Charles Adams, and uh, and the comic is actually very daring and very strange, right? Um, and they took this incredibly sharp, witty, brilliant, like savagely funny, bitter comic that is hysterical, and they turned it into another Netflix show that's yeah. interchangeable. I was like, why did you By take way, something so wild and make it so milk toast? Like and it's wild, it's radical. We just, we just, yeah. just we just told you why. Did that. Yeah, because well, they can't the do money. it because they people get, would cancel it. Well, this is the thing because I mean, like, what makes what what makes the Adams family funny in the first place? First of all, in in uh, in the original comic, uh, they weren't even a strip; it was just a single panel. It's like the it's like the good family circus, you know. It's like um, uh, Gomez and uh, and uh, Morticia are like they are. First of all, they're fucking all the time. Like they love each other and they're deeply romantically in love, even though they've been married for many, many, many years. And they're, they're every th- every time you see them, they're just like darling, all this stuff. Like that's like they love each other. They love their kids. You know, they, and they're all evil and they're all murderers, but it doesn't make any difference. Like they're uh, they're profoundly in love. And then you have Wednesday, and Wednesday. What makes Wednesday funny is that she is an absolutely mindless sociopath. Like she doesn't change at all. She's like the Terminator. Like she is. Like she has not one drop of uh, human emotion at all. <laughs> and that's what's funny. And in the show, they've made her parents are boring and sad, and they marriage don't know how to. Troubles. Yeah, and the marriage troubles, and they don't know what to do with Wednesday. And Wednesday's sort of likable, but she just wants to be. You know, I'm just like, what the f- ugh? What is this? I've seen the show on Netflix a hundred fucking times. You know, you just so see- strange about that. I finished because my daughter watches it. I watched the first season, the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't realize that was Christina Ricci. Oh yeah, there's the uh, there's the with the. I was the like, my God, did she yeah. get great plastic surgery? I mean, I didn't recognize <laughs> yeah. her at all. 
Yeah, Christina Ricci is, was very, very good as Wednesday Adams, but in the movies, like, uh, but the only thing the movies got right really was uh, Gomez. Like, uh, Raul Julia as Gomez is like yeah. full on 100% perfect. And then the movies are okay. Man, but talk the, about somebody who left us early. Oh, I know. That poor guy, so, he was so good. Kissing the Spider Woman and like all that stuff. Yeah, He's just fucking amazing, that actor. Yeah. So he, uh, he died like a couple of years after. No. After. Yeah. 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 It's really he had a stroke, it, right? wonderful. Apparently, actor, apparently yeah. he had a stroke and, and, and he wasn't doing too well. But when they were, what he, uh, he was, um, when he was walking outside, I can't think of when he was in Boston, I think Massachusetts right. someplace, but he like the one thing at the end of his life that really he loved was when kids would recognize him as Gomez. Oh, it's one of the great comic performances ever. He is yeah. just through the roof funny in that thing. And so when you see the Netflix thing, I'm just like, this is one of the most popular shows on Netflix. And I'm just like, it's fine, but this is no different than we you can just name people. any other we show. We can't offend people. Listen, I'm going to tell this is so See, this, I'm actually worried about telling this joke for this very reason. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say it anyway. Spicy. Okay, so, so you see this? These are these are pheasant feathers, feathers, right? Yep. I can sort of see this, right? These yep. are just big, long pheasant feathers that my friend Al gave me when I was at a fly fishing event because he says I don't use pheasant feathers for my flies, so if you want, you can have them. And I was holding them in my hand like this, and then I was walking around with them, and I didn't know where to put them because uh-huh. I couldn't put them in a bag, in uh-huh. a bag, because right. So I jokingly. Said I was going to put him in my hat, right? Oh, like yeah, this. yeah, yeah. We see where and, this guy. And my friend was like, "Oh shit! If you do that, you might as well go in blackface, right?" I was like, "It was like that bad." I was like joking that I was putting my hands like, "Dude, don't do that." Like even joking about the joke is dangerous. Yeah, that's the like, right? that's, that's the thing. That is the thing. And the thing is like, like, we are. I'm not. We, not listen, I'm not saying I'm not yes to the joke. I'm saying I'm not saying yes to the joke. I'm not saying harsh. that. Yeah, like, right. but I was like, you cannot. <laughs> do well this this is the thing it's like whether or not like i'm not i'm not gonna step out and defend any particular joke but i'm but the idea that people would react to things as if they're dangerous like oh my god i think i'm um i might be ostracized like that's no matter what the fuck the joke is like that's a bad reaction like i have to i have to silence myself is a bad frame of mind like right. like everyone's some so like everyone's fucked up and and told a clunker or was insensitive or said something stupid or, you know, or like, you know, every, every, if anybody on the face of the earth says that they haven't done something that they felt shame for, even some real and real shameful things, like they're lying. Like yeah, you should have, you should have, ab- yeah, you should like, you should have absolute empathy for someone's like, I, fucked up, life, I, I, I said something life, stupid. Everyone's yeah. life became like their Facebook page. They just yeah. wanted to be perfect. And yes, and this is like pretend- presentation, and it's yes. not. And what once you like once you once you uh, I, we talk about it all the time, but it's just like once you and this is what Blonde is about is like once you create that false face that like you're only burying yourself under the responsibility of that lie all the time, right? And you becomes makes you very very angry in particular about other people's lies, like you better toe the same line that I'm towing because I am fucking working hard to support my lie. Like that's bad news. Like you should trust that people are good and mean well. You yeah, know. Chris. I'm just, it's an intervention, Chris. That's all I'm saying. That's a, we're not <laughs> trying to make a big deal, but we're just. Like, Pardon me. Honestly, that sandwich got to me. 
But yeah, like that's the like it's it's Sandwich. amazing to me. It was the size of like a fucking dog. incredible. It was so good, dude. That was like that's like my head. It was like this big. But like, yeah, this is the thing. It's like the like I've had to in order to make my argument for blind because I don't want like fight with people on on Martina Giants uh Twitter. Like I'm never rude and I don't I don't attack people or anything like that. Um but with blonde, like by saying but just by saying it's good, like by saying I like it, like oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah. instantly that's invites ridiculous. like really harsh attacks like instantly and then i have to just yeah. talk people through what i'm saying and slowly they'll go okay well i guess i see what you're saying but they but you can see they're they're they're, that doesn't af- work. they're afraid because, of because, me. because you know what it means it means that they have to have a make a point in in more than 140 characters yeah well the thing is that i think that ah, the, the, uh, the reaction the reaction is that i'm in a public forum and here's a guy who says like for all intents and purposes, it's like if I say I like blonde or I think blonde's a masterpiece, like people on film Twitter react to that. Everyone goes, Oh my God, how could like he just said that he's pro sexist and, and uh, pro violence against women. Like that's, it's if I announced this, which just, you know, spoiler alert, I'm not. <laughs> like, uh, that's the point of the film. Everyone, it, exactly. Like the point of the film agrees with you very, very much. I promise you. Um, but just saying it made makes everybody instantly retreat and have to attack, so that they are not associated with anything that I'm saying instantly. And then to agree with me at all is uh, is very, very dangerous. And like I'm agreeing with them. Like, like what, this is what blows my mind. I'm like, I'm saying something, and the movie is saying something that you and I both agree with, but you're so afraid of being slathered with the Twitter brush that you would rather throw me under the bus and attack me than find out what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, that's bad news. Like, and this is, this is no age group thing. This is, like, 100%, like, 60-year-old dudes arguing this whatever you want to say it you know but this is the the climate of fear is extreme uh regarding even the simplest art you know and just like oh i don't know if that's i don't know i don't know just like holy shit man like gotta have a little elasticity here i think you got otherwise you have no progress Uh, it's well it is what it is starting to it's starting to to rob you of it's, you know. it's, it's not, it's no fun. I, I mean, like I, it is fun. The people I interact with that I know are really fun and like, there's lots of good gags. So like, it's, I'm not complaining wholesale, but the stuff that I have to read through is like, it's very bleak, you know, because people would rather define themselves through, um, uh, it's like my, my, the perfect, the general example I give of this is one of the, towards the end of the year, you see nonstop, uh, overrated lists. And I'm like, overrated lists are the most it's imba- it would be embarrassing for me to publish an overrated thing. Like, like that is, nah. it's, it's such an ugly thing to me to say, uh, Oh, that's overrated. That's on the overrated list. Like what the fuck are you to say about somebody else's feelings about something? You can say that you don't like something. That's okay. But you don't, but to invalidate somebody else's feelings just because it pu- pushes you up a notch is fucking gross. Just live with the fact that somebody has a different opinion than you. It's okay. Like you don't have to fucking insult them. You can just like go, oh, I didn't know. I don't like that movie, but I hear where you're coming from. Like that's an interesting conversation. But saying, oh, you're stupid, or you're, oh, you like blonde? Never talk to me again. <laughs> you know, like that's a weird way to go about talk, talking to yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. If you're talking about movies, you're, you should be talking about something you love, and everyone can share on that stuff. Well, I think that's something we do, right? We don't talk about things that are bad yeah. in movies. I mean, yeah. we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about overrated films. 
Yeah. We talk about things like anti-main. Yeah, like, well, we, we, like we honestly talk about movies we don't like, but I we never do. say, like, you're wrong to like something. Or, you know, like, I never say that, like, no, I'm never, like, I feel like you guys are very patient with me over Titanic. <laughs> like, it's perfectly Absolutely. reasonable. And I, I, I don't necessarily hold it against you. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> God, I may be crazy, but it's not like, you know, like, that doesn't interrupt the friendship, you know. But, you know, it's like uh, McMuck Man said, or or the or why they have to fight loan forgiveness. I suffered, uh, I suffered so you, ha- uh, I suffered so you have to. Like, there's a lot of that fucking nonsense. Like, just, just relax. Like trust in other people, care for other people. You don't—they don't have to go through the suffering you went through just to prove that your your suffering was valid or whatever the fuck the bullshit was. Like, like just be kind and be free. It's so much easier than fucking putting up all this nonsense, you know. But that's that's where we're at, and so it reflects in our in our choices for entertainment being very very uh, bland. Makes sense. Because our interpersonal relationships are very ugly, and so when we 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 watch art to, as a as a panacea, and uh, we don't want our art to be upsetting when just fucking talking to somebody online is dangerous, like that's hard. By the way, the reason they have problems with loan forgiveness is not because that you know that uh, I I had to pay them and you should have to pay them too. The reason the conservatives are angry about loan forgiveness is because it's going to get more young people to vote for Democrats. That's, <laughs> that's what it comes down to, right? A bit of that, right? It, it's yeah. it, it, that's yeah. it literally it's about the votes that yeah. they're going to get. Well, that's certainly right? that, that's certainly what the uh, the the people that are want that you know like the the people that are up for office want uh, say that. I have talked to people that are just like you know just like hey, it's called it's called you know being an adult and stuff like this. So, yeah, like being an adult is. Owing hundreds of thousands of dollars for decades of your life for yeah. four no. years of a school no. twenty five years ago. In fact, why why are schools now you know fifty to seventy five thousand dollars a year? Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Right. It's insane it's, and it, stupid. It's embarrassing that we, it's like, no one else in the world is paying that kind of money no. for education. Absolutely, everyone's not. getting fantastic. Trust me, everyone's getting really great education, and mostly it's free in almost every in almost every other country. Place. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's bullshit. Especially it's in that bullshit. we know, like, if you just look at statistics, we know the one thing that boosts the the GDP of a country is having it be educated. <laughs> like, holy shit! You want to up the like, if you want to up the value of your country and have everybody make a a lot more money and be happy. Put them to school. Put them in school. But if they're educated, it turns out that very educated people don't vote Republican. Yeah, well, this is another problem. <laughs> right? Yep. This is how so it goes. Don't want them to be educated. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, this, it turns this... out that the uneducated, especially uneducated white people, vote Republican. Yep. Yeah, because they end up in shit jobs, and then they're the people that they vote to are goes, see, you're suffering because of these other people. Uh, no, they're yeah. suffering because of the fucking shitty guidance you've been offering yeah. as a leader. <laughs> All right, well, let's not happening. get too much into that. Uh, there is, uh, uh, we have to figure out, uh, I think we, we've, we've got enough in the bag that next week we can do a watch party, which would be fun. So uh, I do nice, want to yeah. say that if you guys want to do a watch party next week, uh, we'd love to, to to have one. And, uh, of course, if you guys are subscribers, go into the subscriber-only section of our Discord and go ahead and make suggestions of watch parties that you would like to have. 
And if you'd like to, you know, think about, we can make this happen. So that would be great to have that. Uh, we haven't done a watch party in a while, so it'd be really cool. Yeah, no, but it, they're always uh, fun. The last watch party blasted. we did. <clears throat> I don't remember. the last watch party. It was a while ago. Which was a while ago. I think we gotta we go, I hope we get we, someone. It's good. The Chuck Norris one was my, was my favorite one in a while. That was a really good one. Oh, Breaker Breaker, Breaker Breaker was pretty great. Yeah. Chuck Norris was great. Yeah, I enjoyed I love that, that van. So good. Like, yeah. I love movies that halfway through, they're like, we, uh, you know, trucks are really popular. We should probably re-edit this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because it was like, it it almost is exactly that. It's like, we made a different movie about hillbillies, right? Uh, what was the what was the one that, was it Every Which Way But Loose? No, no. It was a lot like the movie that, uh, 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 that, uh, not Bill Murray. Who's the other guy from Ghostbusters? I'm blanking. Harold Ramis. No, no, no. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd did a movie where it was like the judge in a New Jersey town. Oh, nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Mm-hmm. Wow. Didn't, didn't Breaker Breaker have a lot of nothing but trouble feels <laughs> to totally it? Totally did. Right? Another weird movie. Another, <laughs> and so they had that 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 nothing but trouble feel to it, and then they're like, but let's throw in trucks out of nowhere. Out of had nowhere. That had nothing to do with, it. and then we'll, we'll make it all about trucks. We'll call it Breaker Breaker. Breaker even Breaker. Though it really has nothing it's to do with it. It's a masterpiece, man, because it's clearly just going to be a Chuck Norris kung fu uh, movie uh, set in like a Western town. And then halfway through their filming, they're like, wow, uh, Smoking the Bandit did some hot business. So let's cut in lots of footage of trucks and then we'll just get a bunch of semis to plow through these shitty sets. I swear, there's sometimes, <laughs> there sometimes I watch movies and I immediately like, Somebody produced this because their brother died and left them 55 old checker cabs. And so we just, instead of destroying them, if he destroys it through production, he'll get a write off, which are, right. it was, it's matter. just like, there's, this is how the genesis of the movie came about. Yeah. Not how like, can we do I this? have a great story to tell. Yeah. No, I got to get rid of 55 old checkered cabs. Yeah. But yeah, so like there's there's loads of good movies on Prime. Check them out. Make sure that the actual Prime, not the uh, subscription Showtime Prime, just just the Prime ones. Yeah, but just looking not, at not it, the, like yeah, and, uh, we could do, some... for instance, uh, we have Jurassic World. The latest Jurassic World is on Prime. I would happily make fun of that for two hours. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah. Dominion. Oh, Dominion. Is the last Dominion? one that was tall yeah, for me Dominion. was Tia Carrere was in it. Tia Carrere was in a. But also, Jason did Jeez. say that he has. Uh, there's been several suggestions already on there, so we should go back and revisit them. We should revisit them. You're absolutely right. And also noted that uh, things come and go on Prime really quickly. We found out, so double check to see if they're still on Prime before we make any suggestions. Yes. So, yeah. But uh, uh, yes, as, we, I, as I, we come up in the day, I have noticed it is the <clears throat> the cycle of. I literally I forget what movie I was watching recently, and I was like, I'll finish it tomorrow. It was gone. <laughs> Yeah, it happens all the time. All the time. I was like, that's, a, that's a fast, that's a, it spins fast, that lazy season. And it was one thing that, what was the movie we were trying, oh, we were trying to do, uh, uh, the, what was the 1999 movie about the, the, uh, oh, Strange Days. Yeah, Strange so Days. We were trying was to do Strange Days. It was completely available gone. nowhere at all. And then suddenly it's on HBO. Now. And it's on HBO now. Yeah. Yeah. They, if you, if you want to, like, to this. I, I still, I, I, I stand by Strange Days. It's a, it's a weird, Sort of clunky movie, but yeah, if you want, want like, yeah, it's like if you want to see like who's the star on that? It's Ray Fiennes, Ray Fiennes and right. Angela Bassett's in it. She's fucking she's great. 
she's really great um and it's a, it's got it's it's a it's a Catherine bigelow movie and uh and so the action's pretty good it's a little bit lumpy and weird plot wise but if you want like weird underground cyberpunk movie that's top notch top notch all right we're gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna wrap it up because i got a couple things to do here uh, a lot of uh things i gotta cover in the last johnny mnemonic we should see they, oh, they're actually no. putting that on DVD in black and white. Apparently, if you watch it in black and white, which I've Robert. always argued for, is it's a much better film. Yeah, because Robert Longo did everything in black and white, right? That's right. Dude. Robert Longo was the director of that. Uh, dude, like I, I'm because there I are movies Lango. that I legitimately like I mean, way as a, better. As an artist, in black I don't want that. <laughs> dude, because I've told you I've watched uh, Lynch's Dune many times in black and white, and it's a, it's yeah. twice as good. It's an actually really really great film in black and white. It fits completely. Yeah. So I'm all for black and white. You've been seeing my last TikToks been all in black. That's right. It's very artsy. I like it. <laughs> very good TikTok, by the way. That was a good one. That was a fun that one. That was fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. If you haven't followed it, go to uh, go follow us on TikTok. We're at Martini Giant there. Done several little Yep. Or on our shorts. YouTube page, we also put them up there. We put them up on there as well, which is uh uh youtube.com slash at martini giant. You have to use the app in the middle. Okay. I am going to uh wrap this up. Thanks so much for Indulging me in anti mame, I kind of wanted to do this for a little bit. It's funny that uh, uh, that you guys haven't seen it. Live, 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 live. So there you go. I agree. Live, live, live. All right, you guys ready? Yep. Yes. Good. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.